Hello and welcome back to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. This is episode 45. I'm your host, Patrick Vincent Crown, your favourite painted pro wrestler, and I'm joined by the main man, owner and booker of Falling Star Wrestling, Jimmy Starr. Today we're taking a deep dive into WrestleMania 2021, Night 1, and then next week we shall tackle Night 2. This past Saturday's antics from WWE will be discussed, scrutinised and debated with lots to talk about. We go through each match in detail, looking at things from a booking, psychology and pro wrestler based point of view. So if that sounds good, let's hop into today's episode chatting about the grandest stage of them all, WrestleMania Night 1. Do you know what? This is the first WrestleMania I've watched live in years and I watched it uh... Um, with the Dark Wolf, Matt Waters. He came over and uh, we sort of made a night of it, had a few beers and, and sat and watched the wrestling. I've obviously re-watched a, a bit of it to for this podcast to make some notes and, and you know, go 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 into it a bit deeper. But, yeah, uh, Matt came around and, um, you know, we uh, we sat and watched it live. So we sort of watched the whole the whole thing unfold as it as it as it went along. And, um yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't skip any of it. And to be honest with you, um, I rewatched it because I think that I, th- I thought that the fact that it was you know rained off for half hour or you know bad bad weather postponed it. Um, it was really nice to see talent um, cut some promos straight from the hip again. You know, just just you know have to just call it on the fly like promos because everything's. So meticulously planned, you know, it's probably especially for WrestleMania. It's the biggest show of the year. You know, it's the first time I've had fans back in in well over a year. Um, they probably wanted everything to be perfect. The fucking rains, um, you know, it started to rain. Um, it's the rains put things off. So shit, they got to kill some time. And I, I think they did a considering, you know, how spontaneous that was. I think they did a spectacularly spectacularly good job and even though some promos were better than others i thought that all the promos cut were much better than if they'd have been written by someone who didn't really know them um, and didn't really know how they felt about the situation and about that night and about the storyline you know it, it, it I, I thought there was some some you know even a even their worst promo cut in that half hour was better than uh, any promo that could be written for him, I think. Well, let, let's just say that there was a promo segment after the first match, which was Bailey and the NWO. And that segment had to have been pre-written. And it was God awful. It was like the worst thing I've ever seen. So cringeworthy. And I just absolutely hated it. But yeah, I do get what you mean about the 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 bit before the show basically kicked off. Because, yeah, they, they looked like they were so, sort of trying to figure out what to do they could have easily have gone back to you know the the pre the kickoff team and just had them talk for for a while but you know they got talent out like drew and bobby and they did a little thing there and i thought that was really quite cool that kind of piqued my interest because as soon as i saw it was raining i was like all right we're just gonna kind of sit around for a little while or sort of you know typing up my notes as I, as I went along and then yeah Drew comes out and he's actually cutting a promo wanting to to beat Bobby Lashley up and he does the whole thing I noticed it was quite good because his the interviewer 
basically put the microphone. He was like, no, no, I'm not going to put my back to Bobby Lashley because he's going to come and attack me. I was like, that's really smart. And that that never would have been factored in if it was a written promo. But just the fact that he knew he was on edge and it was like, well, you, you never turn your back on an opponent, especially Bobby Lashley. And especially if the match hasn't even started and you're going to go in there and beat, you know, two tons of heck out of each other. So I appreciated that bit. And Yeah, and, and, and Drew as well got quite emotional, like towards the end, like where he... He sort of like seemed to be shedding a, a sort of angry tear at the fact that, you know, his WrestleMania moment last year was sort of robbed of him. And now it's robbed of him because of the weather. And, you know, he, he, it was it was real. There was and and Bianca Belair, she, she got sort of quite emotional. And, you know, it was and, and when Seth Rollins did his his promo, he showed some character, which I've never really seen from him. And. Miz's promo was awesome because the Miz is, is awesome at promos. You know, you know he could do it, you know, standing on his head without having sheets of paper written on him. All those promos had real emotion um, from the wrestlers. Kevin Owens' promo was great. Like, you know, because he can cut a promo. Like, these guys can cut promos. And, you know, some, some are better than others. You know, some have had experience. Like, some of the guys have been on the Indies and where you do cut promos on the fly. So some are going to be a bit better than others. But I don't care if they stumble over words. I don't care if they make a great deal of sense. But if they're entertaining and there's real emotion, um, it just makes it so much better and so much more believable. And, you know, that that sort of half an hour rain off, um, even though obviously it was a pain, must have been a massive pain in the ass in terms of the production and stuff. Um, and moving the show forward, I, I really thought it gave the, some of the talent a chance to shine and just, yeah, just go out there. Because obviously, you know, Vince McMahon and all the production crew were going like, just kill as much time as you can because we don't know how long this is going to take. And, yeah, they got a chance to actually cut promos the way I believe promos should be cut, which is, have your bullet points, know the sort of story that you need to tell and um, and just shoot from the hip and say it from the heart. And it just just works so much better. It just works so much better. It was uh, it was uh, there was some there was some good, good, good moments there that just, you know, happened per chance. And uh, so even though, you know, the first half an hour was a scramble, um, I thought the WWE and the wrestlers really deserved a huge round of applause for, for that because um, it, it it was... When I was watching it live, I was a bit nervous for him. Like, I was like, oh, shit, like, what the fuck's going on? So I was a bit confused. But when I re-watched it, I was like, actually, you know, this is, this is good. This is good for... This is good for them and this is good for the matches, I think. Um, you know, and and just, just, just hopefully, maybe, hopefully it'll... It won't. I know it won't. But it would be nice to think that in seeing the wrestlers cut promos, you know, off the cuff, hopefully it will it will give the WWE a little bit of a chance to look at that and go, oh, maybe we should let them, you know, put a little bit more of their own personality and their own words to it because it's actually better. But, you know, whether they will or not is a different thing. But I just thought it was... I just thought it was it was it was cool and different, which was which was which was nice. And even though it was was 
wasn't meant to happen. Yeah, I can't imagine they're going to give them that much of a leash, but if it does, that would be great. So um, as soon as the, the rain cleared, and I, I guess there was a lot to do, because at one point I saw the commentators like standing up, and I thought that was really weird. I guess they must have got kind of waterlogged. But then we kicked off the show, WrestleMania 2021, and the show kicked off with the WWE Championship match, which was Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre. Um, I was quite surprised that this match was first. I get it, but I don't really think it was probably in the best position. But I don't know whether they were just getting warmed up. But I have to say, these guys put in a lot of effort. I'm not quite sure what the psychology of the match was. I did enjoy it. It was just two kind of heavyweights throwing each other around, beating each other up. They did some really cool stuff. But I didn't really... Whether it's just because it was there was a gap at the beginning or maybe I wasn't really kind of interested and I hadn't sort of gotten into the show, I hadn't warmed up to the show just yet. Um, it, it felt a bit off to me. What did you think, Jim? Yeah, I think it, it, I think there was a few reasons for that. I think, one, you sort of had your, your WrestleMania pageantry with everyone coming out and the national anthem and fireworks exploding and jets going over. And then you had that half an hour rain off um, where the audience was sort of, sort of cleared out and, you know, probably for what the fuck's going on and were waiting around. So the, the, there must have been a lull there for the crowd. And um, and then when, you know, Titus O'Neill and Hulk Hogan came out to, to, you know, introduce the show, they didn't really get that much of a pop. Not that I thought that they would, but... You know, I think people were just sort of reeling from the rain and the gap, the break. Um, and I think it just, you know, at the peak of the excitement where, you know, they, the, the WWE Vincent Mann came out, and, you know, basically made a point of saying it's great to have an audience back and stuff like that. And, you know, that got the crowd rolled up and pumped and people were looking forward to it. And I think that half an hour actually, like literally and figuratively, put a dampener on the that that matches sort of you know heat really um so i think the crowd were were sort of a little bit dead for the start um i like the match um i like two big heavyweights um guys who look like wrestlers and who both can work going at it um there wasn't really I know Bobby Lashley's meant to be the heel, but um, I think people quite like him, and I think people quite like. Well, it's not a stable anymore now, is it? It's just um, it's just him and um, MVP. But I think people quite like them, like them both. Um, I know Drew was the obvious fan favorite, but I don't think there was a real intense heel. Um, no one really wrestled um, in a, in an intense, intensely heelish way. But it was an intense matchup. Um, like you say, I liked. There were some cool moves there. There were some um, quite big bumps as well for some big guys, like you know the the, the overhead belly to bellies outside and um, the that cool move that Drew does, where he does the belly to belly off the top rope, where he's in the tree of woe and he come, you know does the setup and throws throws his opponent over his head. I like that move. That's a cool move. I think um, what brought the match down a little bit of a, a, a sort of peg or two for me was the finish because um obviously the finish was meant to be that uh MVP distracted 
um, distracted Bobby, uh, uh, sorry, distracted um, Drew, Drew McIntyre. Um, and then uh, uh, the other guy won. Um, but the way he distracted him is he, is he just shouted his name. He just shouted Drew. That was really um, weird. Which made, yeah, which Drew, Drew turned around. Then Bobby Lashley turned around and sort of got clipped, got caught with his finisher. And um, it's like, why couldn't he have just grabbed his foot or something or made some kind of contact? Because any anything other than just shouting his name, because you got to bear in mind, there's a crowd there. You know, any member of the crowd could have shouted Drew. Would you turn around if every time, would he turn around if everyone shouted Drew? It made him look a bit of a fucking dipstick. Do you know what I mean? And, um, you know, it's, it, I, I thought that that was just, uh, I, I thought that that was a bit of a silly way to end the match, considering that they've been pushing Drew to the absolute limit. And then they make him look a little bit of a wally at the finish. Um, I don't mind that Lashley went over, really. Um, I think it probably would have been better for the for the next matches, uh, the next match and the and the crowd and the overall morale if um if Drew would have won instead of Bobby Lashley. But I don't mind that Bobby Lashley's won. He's he's put his time in. Um he looks awesome and he's a good worker. Um, but and hopefully this will lead to a feud because I, I do like watching these guys wrestle. The big tough, um, you know, big motherfuckers who actually look like wrestlers. Um, but I just think that the finish tainted it for me um, because it was it was meant to be dodgy. But what's so dodgy about MVP just shouting the name Drew? Do you know what I mean? It isn't really isn't it's not really cheating, is it? No, and and the fact that MVP didn't really get involved in the match up until that point, he was just kind of on the outside. He didn't really seem like his normal self. I don't know whether that was just me or not, because when I'd seen matches previously at other pay-per-views, like MVP was always on the outside. He was always like, you know, jibber-jabbing. He was always shouting stuff. He was always bigging Bobby Lashley up. He was always sort of talking to the camera, talking smack to the guys, maybe doing a bit of cheating on the outside. But he just sort of hung out on the outside. And then that point, he shouts his name. And then because Drew was going for the Claymore at that point, it just sort of looked like he started running. He stopped. He looked around at MVP, went, oh, he didn't. He just shouted my name and then sort of like did this weird like slip on a banana and then got caught in the hurt locker and then kind of passed out, which was really weird. But if they'd have sort of done the same thing where, like you said, um, Drew's in the corner, you know, he's putting his hands up one, two, three, going to go for the Claymore. MVB comes, grabs his grabs his foot. Drew looks down, maybe stomps on his hands or whatever, maybe takes that split second probably doesn't hit the claymore or does a little bit lashley kicks out and i know they did really well in protecting both guys finishes here and i I really appreciate that because you know wrestlemania they tend to go over top sometimes i meant drew did hit like five future shock ddts but that's not his main finishing maneuver obviously he didn't hit a claymore uh lashley went to put in the, the hurt lock quite a few times but didn't get it and when he did he finished him so i do appreciate that but yeah, it was it was just totally weird how it's just like Drew and he's like, oh, what's up, MVP? Oh, I was meant to go for a kick. Ah, oh, fell over, fall, fell on a banana, uh, and it, it just looked really, really weird. But um, or or it would even been better just for the crowd to get a bit of a pop out of it if MVP would have got on the apron, Drew would have turned around, twatted him, and just after he twatted him, then um, you know Bobby Lashley could have got him in the hurt locker. Uh, hurt locker could have got him in the you know full Nelson. Because at least then he's got he's got his back to him, 
Um, it would have also linked him with a promo that they cut earlier on. I'm not turning my back to you, you bastard. You know what I mean? But in the end, he had to because MVP was on the apron. So that might have been a cool little thing. Simple, just simple, but effective. The crowd would have got the pop um, because he would have hit MVP and then Bobby Lashley could have banged since the, since the holding. And yeah, they could have gone out, could have gone out that way. He just, just a finish made Bobby Lashley look a bit of a dipstick. But I think overall the match um, I, I enjoyed until the ending, like it, it just brought it down. It brought it down a, a peg or two for me. I, I think, I think, I think it was a, a, a pretty good opener. I mean, it was a pretty good opener, but you know, as a, as a WrestleMania championship match, um, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a shame that the finish was 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 a, was a bit weak, but you know I hope they go on to have a decent program. You know me, I'm all for programs. It's just weird when they sort of um, either either start them or carry them on at WrestleMania because WrestleMania is meant to be the sort of pinnacle of everything, isn't it? And then you know people either start feuds there or end feuds there and and think sort of you know think sort of change as a result of what happens at WrestleMania. But if if they carry it on um and get some different kinds of matches out of it and, and do some do some cool things, um I'm I'm all for that feud because I think they're both very good workers and they work well together. Um so for me I think um be, because of the ending um I'm I was going to give the match three and a half stars but I, I think I'll I'll drop it down to two or three three stars because they both put a lot of effort in. Um, they both look amazing. They both look like champions. Um, and I drew, drew more so than Bobby Lashley, but um, they still, to me, um, have, have the sort of the, the, the it factor. And, you know, they, they, they look good on a, well, even though WWE probably doesn't do post, they do posters, they look good on a poster. Or they look good on a graphic, you know. You'd want your belt on either one of those guys at the moment. So, um, so yeah, it was it was a perfectly satisfactory way, satisfying way to start off the show. Um, it just, uh, yeah, it just unfortunate, probably with a rain delay. Not as I said, fortunate because we got some awesome promos, but unfortunate because it probably brought the crowd down and and didn't quite didn't quite get the crowd as involved as as maybe. Um, it, it would have done if it would have just run seamlessly, you know? Yeah, I can't dis- disagree with you on any of those points, really. Um, I thought, like you said, I thought they would have put Drew over as a kind of, hey, we're back with fans. Here's a big pop for you guys to get behind. But, you know, they they, they sort of stuck to whatever their plan was. And that's obviously Bobby Lashley go over pretty strong, if you, if you think about it. Like, I know Drew didn't tap, and that makes me think that, if Drew had a tapped out and lost the belt or, you know, lost lost the, the title match, then maybe that would have been a finishing point for them to go off and do their their other things. But the fact that, you know, uh, Bobby put in the, the hurt lock and Drew basically passed out, that makes me think that Drew's going to have a little bit to, to come back on and, and not just finish the feud there. Um, I thought both guys worked really, really hard. I liked the way they worked. I thought it was, it was good because they worked slow because... I felt like a lot of these matches felt quite rushed throughout the whole show. There was a lot of sort of rushed, fast-paced, sloppy wrestling. But I thought that Bobby and Drew, they just kind of went in there and they did that whole less is more thing. Um, And they just, you know, they beat each other up. They threw each other around. They protected each other's finishes. 
they didn't quite pay off with, with the actual finish and the result I didn't think really paid off. And maybe the psychology of the match wasn't quite on on point because like you alluded to earlier, there was there wasn't really a clear cut heel or face. Obviously, Drew was the face and Bobby was the heel, but it seemed like the crowd had respect for both, which can sometimes turn out to be like maybe disinterest from a crowd because you don't have that awesome, outrageous pop for one guy or, you know, the 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 big booze for the other guy. It was just sort of like, we like both guys. We're going to sit back and watch this because we haven't watched wrestling in a while. So for me, I enjoyed the match. There was a few things wrong with it. So I'm going to go with a three star for Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. Now, the next segment is what we spoke about earlier. It was the awful segment with Bailey and the NWO. I don't really want to talk about it because it was so bad. And then we went from bad to worse because the next match was the women's tag team turmoil match, which I sort of skipped through a little bit. And then I saw a bit of the match, saw it end, started to skip through a little bit more, and then more people came out. So I had to go back and then watch the whole match again. But basically, the the idea was there was how many teams? Like four teams, and it was like a gauntlet match. And then the winners goes on to night two on the Sunday of WrestleMania to wrestle for the Women's Tag Team Championships against Nia Jax and um, Shayna Baszler. So... I don't know whether you want me to basically talk through the match and then you want to give your thoughts or do you want to kind of do it as we go along? Yeah, at least at least announce the team so we can so we can refer the teams. Yeah, so we had uh, Naomi and Lana, who seem to be a tag team for some reason, versus Carmella and Billy Kay. Uh, Carmella and Billy Kay went over there. So then they were against the Riot Squad, which was Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan. Riot Squad won, then Dana Brooke and Mandy Rose came out, the Riot Squad won that match, and then it was the final, which was Riot Squad versus Natalia and Tamina, of which Natalia and Tamina won. My personal thoughts, I don't really have much to say on it. It was called Tag Team Turmoil, but it was more like Tag Team Turds. It was just abysmal. It was it was <laughs> so bad. They could have easily have gotten rid of this and just give more time to either like Cesaro and Rollins or even even the main event I would have been happy with the main event going half an hour 40 minutes but I didn't need this match at all and that's all I really need to say about it well, to be honest with you I mean that's that that's the theme with this with this Wrestlemania and and you know you'll you'll watch the second night as well and you you'll 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 feel the same like and and again you pointed out earlier on there was there was um some matches with some Really good potential that could have been show stealers that could have that could have you know been WrestleMania worthy contenders that we could have looked back like looked back on in years for years as as absolute classics. But everything was rushed and short, apart from the 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 shite really. And and this was yeah, this was shite. About the about the best thing that that happened on it was. Um, one of the ladies who I can't remember slipped over as she was walking down the entrance. <laughs> I think it was Mandy Rose or Dana Brooke, wasn't it? That was uh, yeah, cool. one of those two. Yeah, and you know, like these matches are always hard. They're always clusterfucks. The standout tag team of that um, match was the Riot Squad by virtue of the fact they were in there the longest, and I think they probably performed the best. Um, I I didn't agree with the um, result, and you'll see why when you watch the 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 match the next night. Um, you know, it, it was almost the fact it was almost like they just gave Tamina and Natalia 
that match because they've been around for a long time. It was sort of, I don't know, it 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 was sort of it was sort of yeah, just it was overlong, pointless. Um, none of the the action that was there again because it was even though it was a long match because it had you know four you know four teams in it or however many teams in it. Um, but it, but it was also rushed and you know people doing their bits and bobs and yeah it was just it was a cl- yeah you're right it was a clusterfuck um, and I really don't like Tamina she she's a step down just the the one step down for not from Nia Jax for me um, you know she it, there's no redeeming features I can see in her work um, that that make me want to watch her. Um, you know, give it to, give it to the riot squad or something. Give it to that. Give it to those guys who, who, who a worked hard. B have a sort of you know a potential of, of of getting some momentum behind them and and had had a potential of maybe having a good match with the um you know with with the the, the women's tag team champions the next night because um, it was just. I mean, you've got to think about it. Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax versus uh, uh, Tamina Snooker and um, and Natalia Hart. I mean, that ain't good on paper, and it wasn't good to watch. So when we do night two, um, we'll we'll talk about that. Um, I, I I just I just don't know. It was yeah, it was, and and because obviously the the rain off and not there wasn't a great deal of heat in the match before. Um, with Drew and Lashley and and I don't think the crowd got the result that they wanted. The crowd were dead for this match. Um and it was it was just it was, yeah, I can't really I can't really even I watched it twice. I actually sat for it <laughs> twice and I can't I can't think of anything that happened in it that was particularly good. And you know, like I said, the only the only slight thing is like I can say is the, the riot squad put shift in. They probably should have won. They're probably the most talented. Um, but yeah, when you know, get Bailey off the microphone and stop being fucking annoying and put her in put her, put her in a random tag team. And at least she would have at least she would have probably up the talent level in that match. I, I don't know. I don't know what could have saved that. I just think it was a just think it was one of those matches to get as many people as you can on the bill and um you know and and hope for the best but unfortunately yeah it was it was a, it was a a pony and and the wrong team won as far as i was concerned well here's 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 my thoughts right so wwe you've got natalia and tamina who are second third generation superstars so that to me is the only reason that they won because they can go on and they can do all the you know the heart foundation moves and they can claim to be you know daughters of of superstars of bygone eras and that's great and that makes sort of a wrestlemania moment but it doesn't make sense for those two to go up against the champions because there's four people in there that you know on paper i don't like because they're all heels uh, uh, Shayna Baszler is amazing. She's going to be the only one in there I want to cheer for, but she'll just be doing heel stuff. And then they just seem like two people put together because they are legacy tag teams. Everybody else kind of just put were, were sort of mashed together. And the Riot Squad actually looked like a cohesive unit. They'd been together for probably years now, that whole thing. They looked like on in sync. They wore the same gear. They had... 
they were on the same page, but then they lost. And you know they, they could have they could have sort of put the right squad as, as baby faces up against the tag team champions and had a decent match of it. But it's going to be like Tamina versus Nia Jax, and it's just going to be like boring. It's going to be so dull. Like just seeing those two, like. On, on paper, it should be good. It should be like Lashley versus uh, Drew, you know, two big behemoths just knocking, knocking, yeah, <laughs> knocking each other out. But they're just probably just going to like bash into each other. One of them is going to try and go for a Simone drop because I haven't seen night two yet. So I don't know what happened. So if I describe it perfectly, you, you have to let me know. One of them is going to hit a Simone drop and it's going to be like, oh, my God, she picked the other one up, you know, insert name here. And then one of them's going to win. It's going to be like, great, brilliant. On to the next match. Great. Yeah. And, al- and also like, the the so the same mistake on I won't again I won't go into the, the second night too much but the same mistake they made with this this match um, they made on night two as well which is they made it one of the longest matches of the night and which made which cut cut a lot of time or didn't cut a lot of time it just they decided for some reason the WWE bookers to make the this these this the, the tag team matches the women's tag team matches uh, uh long um and other matches like Cesaro and and um Seth Rollins and and Kevin Owens and um and Sami Zayn they, those matches were you know really really quite good but really short and it it's just why put why put why put your stock in that you know that was a throwaway match and it just yeah, and it didn't do anything for the, it. Just just didn't do anything for the crowd. Didn't do anything for the uh, for, for for the show. Um, and yeah, it, it it hardly made it hardly made you excited um, because it, the the other thing as well is like you say, Shayna Baszler is the only one out of that four that you actually want to see do something, but she can't really because she's wrestling three quite large ladies. Um, you know, even Natalia's not not the smallest. You know, I'm not fucking, I'm not, you know, fat shaming anyone, but they're just, she's just not a smaller lady. So, you know, Shayna Baszler isn't gonna be able to throw her around like a rag doll, nor probably would she because of her status in the business. And so you just thought, okay, brilliant, they won. Now tomorrow night's match is gonna be shit. That I'm not looking forward to that match. Um. It's it, yeah. It was just. I think the thing is as well. Like I know I know they want to feature women more, and I'm all for that. But if they'd have taken ten minutes off that match and made that I don't know, like three teams or maybe even two teams, just made it a one-on-one, you know, a team versus team, and then the winner goes on to the next night. Have it a 10 12 minute match let them get a bit of heat let them get a bit of story across rather than just keep shoveling girls out i know people have to miss out and that's unfortunate because it's wrestlemania the crowd's back after you know 13 months of absence but it didn't really make sense like because then it seemed to take away from the main event because the main event was sasha banks versus bianca belair for the smackdown women's championships and that felt short to me whereas that match was the main event with the big match the big marquee match and that felt short and this match was the throwaway match and it was so long i don't get it like you're taking from one set of women and giving it to another but you're not doing it sort of equally like you put more women in one match and yeah everybody gets a payday everybody gets to be on wrestlemania but you're, you're really taken away from two people that could have gone 
for for half an hour, maybe even 35, 40 minutes and had a really knockdown, drag out fight. And I would have been all for that because, you know, we'll get to the main event later, but I really enjoyed the main event, but I did not enjoy this tag team turmoil match and it, it didn't do anything for the show. It didn't do anything for the superstars and it didn't do anything for me. It was a, it was a one star match. Yeah. One star match all the way. And the only reason I'll give it a one star is because uh, the fact the riot squad put a shift in and they, should have won um and it would have made if they had won it would have made uh night two uh night two's match um for the women's tag team title far more entertaining and it would have flew the flag of women's wrestling um a little higher than unfortunately it ended up um flying it was it was it was absolute toss (laughs) moving swiftly on we have seth rollins versus cesaro in a singles match um I thought this was a perfectly good match. I thought maybe there was something missing. I couldn't really quite put my finger on it. I don't know whether it's because I haven't been. It was really- rushed. It was. It was. It was. It was rushed. Um, again, no heel, no face. But I think if any match could have got away with that, um, it was probably this one. So I wasn't overly fussed about that. I don't know about you, but from the last time I saw Cesaro. To that time, he looked like he lost about three stone. He looked ill. He did, didn't did he? Did you notice yeah. that? Yeah, he looked a bit gaunt in his face, didn't he? He, did, he normally looks like he's got, like, he, he's lean, he's big, he's muscular, he's powerful, but his face normally looks a little bit chubbier. I don't know if that's a weird thing, but yeah, he looked gaunt. His and- back, like, where where his, where his lats are, they were poking out. They looked like wings. It was weird. He, he looked he looked like he'd been ill. Like, I, I, and it, this was from the last pay-per-view I saw him on. Until this, so we're only talking a month. He, he didn't look like he'd been well, but um, I thought that this this match was the one that got the crowd up. People were looking forward to it, and it started off brilliantly, like with Cesaro coming in, bang, hitting his uppercuts, and you know doing some doing some cool shit, like you know, and and obviously these guys um, have probably wrestled each other lots of times in the past. They both got a Ring of Honor background, independent background. They've they they they, they obviously met, you know many times in a ring they had a great chemistry no one fucked anything up um but it was rushed like uh, you you can't deny that I, I just didn't see a point there where anyone had a break um to settle a little bit of a story and settle just slow things down a little bit let the crowd breathe and uh you know absorb the you know absorb anything they were seeing i checked online the match was um just over 11 minutes long and to give those guys 11 minutes, I mean, like you say, take 10 minutes off that fucking match that we just saw, bung five, six on that other match, and you've got sort of like a, a 15, 16 minute, you know, wrestling match, which could have had a few good, like it didn't have many false finishes in it. And it didn't have, not that, not that I'm talking about doing your finisher over and over again, but just pins and falsies. And, and it didn't have a chance to build up a story. It was just like, you know, they were doing their greatest hits. Do you know what I mean? I'll do my move. You do your move. Like it, there wasn't, there wasn't any, there wasn't any heat. There wasn't any, um, not heat from the crowd, but like heat from the wrestlers. There wasn't uh, a clear heel or baby face again, whatever, like that's fine in that, in that kind of match. But it was, it was like I was watching a match. It was like, it was like I was watching a really good match in fast forward. Um, it just, it just seemed to be like, they crammed 20 minutes of shit into, into an 11-minute match. And everyone was really looking forward to that match. And I think that I, I felt personally, I, I, it's been given really good reviews from 
um, various different sites that I that I've that I've read um, and and things on YouTube that I've watched. But um, I felt for me they underdelivered, not from the athletes, but from the company. The company fucked them. The company, um, the WWE, just didn't give them the time. I don't think to to be able to tell the story that Cesaro and Seth Rollins um, deserve to tell. Because there's, there's that, like say, there's that, like I said, there's there's so much history there. And they've, they've probably had 30-minute, 40-minute classics in Ring of Honor that people have seen that that, that completely piss over that, you know? And, and I, I like the fact that I saw some new moves that I've not seen from Seth Rollins. I really like that twist and splash. I've, not, I've never seen that from him. That was awesome. That was that was really cool. Like there was some really for someone who doesn't like moves, I really like some of the moves in this match. And Cesaro's just forearming shit out of him. I, I love all that. Like that 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 was really cool. They they both worked really hard and they got the crowd going. Like the crowd were absolutely buzzing. But I think even they were a little bit surprised at how short it was. And when you said earlier on and you said it perfectly a lot of this show and a lot of the matches felt rushed. And that was one of the ones that felt rushed. And I think that that was like, yeah, I don't know. That was like your Steamboat Savage, WrestleMania 3, where, you know, given a bit more time to tell a story, they could have had an absolute classic. But as it happens, they just had a, a, an 11-minute move fest. And because they're such good wrestlers and they're so smooth, they didn't fuck anything up. But they just weren't allowed and didn't have the time to tell any kind of any kind of story or have any real structure that that could that could captivate people and draw people in and have the fundamental things that 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 make a wrestling match exciting for a crowd, such as your, your build-ups and your false finishes and your heat and stuff like that. You know, it, it didn't didn't have a chance to give you any of that. Yeah, because in my notes, I sort of wrote. I wrote, I can't help thinking there was something missing. And I wrote, was it character? Possibly, because, there, yeah, there was no kind of, like, di- distinctive heel or face. Obviously, Cesaro was more over, but people were still interested in Seth Rollins. And when he does his cool moves, like the twisting splash and other stuff like that, you can't help but think, oh, Seth Rollins is actually amazing. And then I put psychology, but I thought the whole sort of thing was, so I watched the, the little bit of the pre-tape beforehand, and basically it was like, Oh, so the night before on SmackDown, Cesaro gets Seth Rollins in a swing and swings him 22 times. So I'm like, okay, that's the story. They could do something really, really good with this. Rollins goes for the arm. He works on the arm, the whole thing. Cesaro tries to get it in, tries to get it in, tries to get it in. Can't do it, can't do it. Then finally at the end, he musters all his strength he can and then he swings him 23 times and that's the big payoff. But they sort of did that, but then they just crammed in so much other stuff as well that it was like they had two different matches where you could have gone right okay so the first match would have been the fast-paced match where they do every move hit reversal cool shit spinny spinny twisty moves that i loved i thought everything was executed absolutely perfectly and some of the reversals they did i was like that's amazing like i I would love to put that in my arsenal but that would be maybe that was their roh match they'd taken their 40 minute roh match and condensed it down to a to a 10 minute wwe match and then 
the the bookers just sort of went uh, the story is the swing and they went oh we've got to, we've got to feature the swing in how do we do that i would just do it at the end and that'll be the finish so it's like they could have done two different matches they could have had the absolute slugfest technical masterpiece or they could have had the psychology based match where it's all about will cesaro get the swing in will he get this oh he's trying everything he can seth rollins is so devious he's working on the arm he's doing everything he can he does a twisting splash on the arm he's kicking him in the arm he's stomping in the arm he's buckle bombed him on the arm you know they could have played that whole buckle bomb thing into it a bit more you know but they did it but nothing really mattered if that makes sense and although no 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 and, and it, it, yeah and i think probably by the time he, he i mean cesaro is one of the sort of fittest men in in the wwe and one of the strongest as well but after going at that fucking pace for that long I, I, i'm surprised he managed to do one fucking swing like you know it, it just just Rush, rush, rush. And like you say, there, there could have been a story around it. It's WrestleMania 37. Do 37 swings. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? To make a point of doing that. You know, he did 22 on SmackDown. I wonder if he could do 37 as it's WrestleMania 37. I know they don't tend to tend to uh, mention the numbers these days, but they could have done just for that, just to give it some, you know, some kind of point. But the fact is the the, the story going into it, there was, the, the, it was, it was, the, there wasn't a story going into it really. That swing thing was done a couple of nights before because of you know because of the the, the fact that that um, you know they they probably needed just a little something to hang their hat on. But really, the 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 fact is, it was a WrestleMania dream match. I thought a bit like Angle and Michaels. You know, people wanted Cesaro for so long to be put in a decent match in WrestleMania. He'd been there for so long. We put so many shifts in and had so many amazing matches and Seth Rollins had sort of, you know, come along roughly the same time, maybe a little bit earlier, but had WrestleMania moment after WrestleMania moment and, and, you know, had a really strong career while Cesaro had been left in the left, left behind, you know, to the point where the WWE universe, however you want to put it, felt like he'd been ignored. And this was his time to finally go out there and have that balls-to-the-wall dream match that everyone wanted to see. Well, they got the result they wanted to see, but I don't think they got... Well, I didn't get the dream match that I wanted to see because I, 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 don't, I don't care what, what, you know... I don't really care what people... Well, I don't really care what people say about my opinions, really, but... You can't really have a dream match in eleven minutes. Do you know what I mean? It's got to, it's got to have something extra to it that makes it that that makes it that dream match. That actually, okay, this is two people we've wanted to see for ages and ages and ages in the WWE. This is one person we've wanted to see succeed for years and years and years in the WWE, and this is a dream match. Fuck, it's over in 11 minutes. You can't, you know, you've got to give them some time and you've got to give it a little bit more substance. And I think that that was what was missing. It definitely wasn't the technical ability of both superstars. They were fucking excellent in for that 11 minutes. Um, but they they just did everything they possibly could to wow us. Um, and I think that that was maybe their way of just of just making the most use of that time. They When they were told that they got 11 minutes, for whatever reason, they thought, okay, well, let's just give them something to remember, you know, let's go out there and, and give them something to remember visually 
um, because that's all we can really do. And that's, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know what was going on in people's heads or in people's minds when they set that match out, but they were on to an absolute winner with that match. Uh, the same as Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn the next night. Um, but it, 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 it just, it, it just amounted to a technically solid 11 minute match that, you could have probably seen on Raw or SmackDown, not on WrestleMania, man. Give these guys a fucking chance to blow the roof off the place. Yeah, well, what it did do was it got Cesaro over. He got the big win at WrestleMania and it didn't hurt Seth Rollins at all, I didn't think, because it was sort of an even match. There wasn't a really a clear, it wasn't a dominant victory by Cesaro. Cesaro did win emphatically and fairly and you know cleanly which is good and you want that for the superstar that the the universe want to get behind and they want to you know eventually push but it didn't really give him clear direction and it didn't really hurt Seth Rollins either which which I'm all for but if they want to maybe put Cesaro up there in the upper echelon, because the sort of the promo beforehand was was kind of like this political advert that was, you know, funded by fans of Seth Rollins, which I thought was great. I sort of half watched it because I was making a cup of tea at the time, but I heard bits like, oh, Seth Rollins has been to the big dance. Seth Rollins has been universal champion. You know, Seth this, oh, but where has Cesaro been? Cesaro is always getting it. And I was like, this is great. But if if this match was number one contendership for the um the wwe championship and then it gave cesaro something to win and go on towards you know he gets a he gets a championship match at the next pay-per-view whatever that might be that would have been good because you're going oh he's won and he's going to go somewhere but he's going to win he's going to beat seth rollins but they're both still on the same level and next you know next monday night on raw if, if Cesaro just goes and loses, he's lost every bit of momentum. Whereas if they'd have pinned something on, on him, a title opportunity or something like that, it might have elevated that win even more. But I don't know. It's just just a match. It was just a match. It doesn't. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be anywhere to go uh, from this. But hopefully, you know, like you say, they, they brought Cesaro up a little bit. Um, that's happened quite a few times in his career where he's he's done it himself, you know, that they had and the crowd have done it as well. You know, they've made their their opinions about how awesome Cesaro is with their Cesaro section and all that sort of stuff. You know, they've they they voiced their opinion. Um, so you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, it, it'll be a bit of a sort of Daniel Bryan-esque type story to it where you know when they when they go back to um you know the 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 other shows of rules or no smackdowns or wherever they're on I don't I can't remember which one those those guys are on um but you know when they go back to the shows they actually do something with Cesaro this time because um yeah if 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 something comes of Cesaro out of this match and they build him up and they make him um a valued asset and a, and a superstar and stuff like you say giving him title shots and um you know putting him in some upper card matches then you know the 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 match was worth it if that was if that was the peak of where he's going to get to that's a shame um because even though the match even though like was like I said the match was short and it what didn't quite deliver on that night you're right he did get the win um but where do we go from there so WWE, hopefully they won't drop the ball on him like they have, you know, the past fuck knows how many times. Because Seth Rollins is is isn't bullet. I don't think he's a legend enough to be bulletproof, but 
you know, he's 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 done a lot in the company. Um, and you know, he's he's always gonna be a big star. Cesaro hasn't touched that, hasn't hasn't touched that brass ring yet. And I, and I hope that I hope that the WWE give him an opportunity other than just give him give him this token victory on what seemed like a token match, you know? Playing devil's advocate, could there ever be a universal or WWE champion? that has a finishing maneuver where he just spins people around. I thought the move, or I think the move, is quite goofy. Like, it's a fun move, the crowd love it, but it's not like a devastating maneuver. And I know we can kind of talk about other maneuvers that have been used throughout history from the, the best guys in the business, and I'm thinking of, like, the people's elbow. But is the swing a move that can really get you over or does that really solidify him as a mid-card guy because it's such an over move and the crowd will always pop for it and they'll always count you know much like they used to do with the german suplexes with you know chris benoit or kurt angle or whoever but is that a move that can get him the the championship if he beats roman reigns by spinning him around 30 times does that make for a for a <laughs> for a moment that they'll look back on in history whereas you might think of a rock bottom and then a pin or a stone cold stunner and a pin or a choke slam or a tombstone or any any kind of maneuver but would you look back on the cesaro swing and be like oh devastating maneuver he made him dizzy well it's it's all about context isn't it and it's all about like the thing is they they they're making the cesaro swing um you know they they well, before WrestleMania, the Cesaro swing was obviously a, a, an over move, and it was something that he did in his match, and it was, you know, it was, it was, it was part of his, you know, it was what well, still is part of his uh, his move set. But I think the way that they can probably, the way that they can probably, the way that they can probably make it work is um, is basically the commentary team have got to get that over as this is how he shows his dominance. Do you know what I mean? This is how he shows his strength. This is how he shows um, that, you know, that, that, that he can do what he wants with you at any point. Um, this is how we, you know, this is how he embarrasses his opponents. And, um, you know, rather than getting over as a devastating move and, and then just putting the, putting the neutralizer over as a finisher, that's it. You know, fuck you. Once he hits you with a neutralizer, that's done. But the, the swing, is the uh, is is the humiliation move? It's like the worm, you know. It's like it's, it's something that where he's showing his dominance to uh, to 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 his to his teammate, and or like or like you know, like we said before, the people's elbow or or John Cena's five knuckle shuffle. You know, it's just something you know he does to to show his domination. And uh, if the if the that that's that 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 to be honest with you is down at the commentary team. Um, to get that over, um, if he stops doing it, I don't think he should stop doing it. I just think that the, 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 it could, the, you know, anything can work depending on how it's presented. And um, if it's and and they've started to present it as an embarrassment to their opponents, which I think is the right thing to do, like they did with Seth Rollins. He spanned him twenty-two times and it embarrassed him and pissed him off. And uh, I think that that's uh, that's the way to go with that move um you know if 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 that's what they're going to do so i think i think to answer your question yeah um they could do but they need to the commentary team need to get that move over in a different way 
um, than they do his actual finisher. Does though, you know, get the neutralizer over big as his, as his actual put away move. This is what he, you know, this is what he ends people with, and get the big swing over as as his dominance, uh, as him showing his dominance as one of the strongest men in the WWE. That's how I. That's how I would play it. Yeah, I don't think that's a bad way to do it. But I feel like they're they're pushing it as his like his best move, whereas it should be pushed as like a good move that he does. But then they equally need to push the neutralizer or the sharpshooter as that devastating move. Whereas it seems like they're going the swing, the swing, the swing, the swing, and then they go, oh, neutralizer, I just hit that. That's cool. Or he's got him in the sharpshooter. Okay, he might he might tap out. But they're like he spun him around eighty five times, and then he hit the neutralizer. Great, cool. Now he's a champion. Like <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I don't think he should do it near the end of the match. I think he should do it at the start but i think that should be one of the things he does sort of quite early on you know to 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 distance it from from a finish you know it's something that he wouldn't attempt you know 25 minutes into a match into a heavy slugfest athletic competition do you know what i mean because it just wouldn't make sense like if i was if i had a knockdown drag out fight with someone for 40 40 minutes i would be desperately trying to hit them with my my finisher rather than give myself a heart attack by swinging them round and round and round fucking you know a hundred times i think i think it's something that should be done at the finish to get a bit of a you know to during his shine that's sorry it's, it should be something that should be done at the start to get to get shine up and to get the uh the fan the fans rocking you know fans with him um and then maybe when he gets when he gets a cut off, although I don't think there's a such thing as a cut off in, in WWE these days. But but when there's a you know, I don't when there's a bit of heat and the match get wouldn't get further into the match, you know, it seems like a bit of a it, it doesn't seem like a move you would psychologically go to, does it? You know, um I'm I'm I might I'm gonna win this, I might could potentially win this if I just hit it with something big. I'm gonna swing him round and round and round <laughs> like a fucking, you know. Like we're doing, like we're doing some kind of fucking mental dance, and uh, hopefully that'll be, you know, it's, it's just it just doesn't psychologically make sense. So it's good for a shine, but yeah, I, I think they should maybe position it a little bit different and just market the move a bit different in, in in terms of the commentary, and then and you know, it's a bit like, and and just changes, you know, change, change what they did with Kurt Angle, you know, where they where when he first. When he first started um, in the WWE, he was he was a goofy bastard, and then towards the, like as time went on, they made him really serious, you know, and a killer. He didn't change his moveset; he just became more vicious and uh, shaved his head, and, you know, put his fucking gum shields in and all that sort of stuff. I think they just need to start doing that with Cesaro, you know, making him seem, you know, because he's got all the tools there, but he doesn't seem like a, a particularly vicious vicious human being does he like he seems like he's you know he's a nice guy this is Cesaro he just happens to be an extremely talented man I don't I think they just need to put a little bit more viciousness in him I think if they're going to make him a main event player yeah he's too fun at the moment and uh you know if going by that he's already shaved his head and he's already got a gum shield so maybe he needs a singlet or something or an Olympic gold medal I don't know oh. <laughs> maybe yeah maybe maybe swap the big swing for the ankle lock and he's there. what do you reckon to the match what would you give it uh out of five stars uh, I'll give it three and a half. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. Like, it could have been four, it could have been four and a half if they'd have had more time, a bit more psychology, uh, a bit more resting, a bit more selling, a bit more emotion. But 
it was it was clinical, it was technical, it was executed perfectly, but it it was sort of lackluster, really, wasn't it? Just it was it was it, yeah it was to again as I've said and as you said it was um, rushed and the psychology wasn't there. They just they just didn't have the time to put on that WrestleMania dream match that I think everyone wanted to see. Um, well, I definitely wanted to see. Um, I just didn't have the time. Speaking of WrestleMania dream matches, the next match was for the Raw Tag Team Championships, which was AJ and Omos versus the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. And I really enjoyed this match. <laughs> what did you think, Jim? It's a tale of two halves to me. I, I, I really enjoyed the second half. But I was really confused by the first. <laughs> That's why I loved it, because it was like, it was so weird, because like AJ and Omas are the heels, New Day are the, the baby faces, but they're putting heat on AJ, and AJ's trying to get the hot tag to the other big heel. It didn't make sense psychologically, but I wanted AJ to make the tag, because I wanted to see this giant seven foot three, 400 pound dude come in and absolutely ruin the New Day. Like, the psychology was so backwards that I just thought it was great. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a massive psychological turn in there, but it it was it, the new. It was obviously by design because, like you know, if 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 that was your classic babyface heel match, like you know, what would what what would normally happen? Like the the new day. Obviously, I know the new day are sort of happy, clappy. You know been around for God knows how long, fucking playing the trombone, da 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 you know, wearing outlandish outfits and having odd hairstyles and, you know, being sort of piss-taking bastards. But if you're trying to get a giant over, you don't sort of wiggle your ass and gyrate in front of him. You know, you look terrified at the, from the start. Do you know what I mean? And that's what, that's why, I mean, it was a tale of two halves for me. I was looking at the match thinking, they're mugging this guy off. And I don't know if this Omos guy has the talent to be able to come back from it. Like, they were shaking their ass at him. They were fucking jeering at him. They were sort of, you know, virtually blowing kisses at the guys. He was standing on the apron. And because that Omos guy is, is quite green, he, he wasn't doing much apron work. He was just sort of standing there. Um, but because the New Day was so annoying and people love AJ Styles, whether he's heel or babyface, they love him. And he was doing such a good job of selling you're right. By the time they tagged, got Omos got the hot tag, and it was the <laughs> hot tag, even though they were yeah. heels. He, even though by the time yeah. Omos got the hot tag, I think he did his bit brilliantly. Like I was, I was really surprised at uh, how how well he moved. Um, he executed his moves, basic moves, but he executed them safely. Um, he did, um, you know, he, he did the, the backbreakers and the side slams, and you know. He did, he's, he's such a massive motherfucker. I mean, Christ, I, I, I don't know what they build him as, but he's got he's well over seven foot, well over seven foot. Um, I think it would have been cool if he'd have had some proper gear, but whatever, doesn't matter. Um, he's uh, I, I I went from thinking that he was uh, I went from thinking that his bit was going to be a disaster to fucking hell, that was a really cool finish. And um, yeah, I, I ended up I, I ended up liking it, but I just I just didn't understand it at the start. I'm like, why are the they because the, the the new day didn't show any fear towards Omos until he got tagged. 
which, okay, it's fine. You know, that's when they both shit their pants and they will, you know, because he's in the ring with them now and uh, they're about to get their asses handed to them. Um, but, okay, fair enough. That's the case. They knew they, was, they still knew they were wrestling him at the start. Why weren't they terrified that they were going to be wrestling a, you know, an eight foot giant at the uh, at the start of the match? You know, he was he was probably going to get tagged in at some point. But yeah, I think maybe it was a, maybe there was a bit of a bit of a sort of um, maybe that was the idea. Maybe they wanted to do, turn the new day a little bit in the match. That was the that was the point because AJ didn't really do anything much, did he? I mean, he did a few cool things like you know he did the flying the the flying forearm off uh, uh, Omos's shoulder and stuff. And he did some, um, you know, some cool little bits. But his job was just to mainly sell for the hot tag. So, you know, it obviously been laid out like that. But, yeah, I, I was just confused at the start, thinking, why the fuck are the New Day, like, trying to coax this lunatic giant in? Do you know what I mean? This heel lunatic giant like what's what, what what's this where's the psychology going with this see i didn't really think they were trying to lure him in because at the beginning because the, the the new day's whole thing is they're like basically kind of cocky cocky bastards really they're, they're, they're piss taking they're, they're they're having fun they're pancakes and trombones and unicorns and all that kind of stuff but as soon as like the match started and like uh omas was in that that's when they were like no 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 we 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 want aj we want aj and then as soon as aj came in they, they had that sort of sigh of relief of like all right if there's two of us we're technically a tag team you know they've been tag team champions they know how to be a tag team whereas aj does know how to be a tag team but he's with this giant dude that's green and that's kind of the story and the new day knew that two of them could probably take on AJ. Whereas, you know, if it was one-on-one, AJ would beat Kofi or Woods on any given day because he's he's brilliant. But against two, it kind of made that fair for me. And the, the whole thing, they were trying to pull him back. There was that, like, desperation of them. As soon as he got the tag, they knew that it was over. So they tried their very, very best in, 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 a, in a face-type way because if they'd have been, like, vicious about it, it would have kind of really screwed up the, the dynamics for me. But the fact that they were kind of cocky and they were like, oh, we're, we're literally cutting the ring in half I thought that was kind of fun and it the pay-per-view needed a bit of fun because it hadn't been fun up until now and it was weird that it came in this match with such a giant dude because like you said the first half of it was kind of fun because the new day they're doing their thing but then as soon as the tag got made it completely twisted the match because it was like AJ was the face he was trying to get the hot tag but then as soon as Omas got tagged in it then switched again because the New Day were technically heels because they're stopping the guy from getting a tag. But then as soon as the big guy comes in, he's the big heel and the New Day are now baby faces and they're going to bump around and make him look like a million dollars, which I think they did. Like Kofi and Woods, like super sold for him. Like he was just boshing them around the whole ring. And, you know, they, they look like they get murdered by this giant seven foot four dude. And I just really like that kind of diet because I hadn't seen it before. I hadn't seen a baby face tag team work heel and a heel tag team wrestler want to get the hot tag and the people popped for it but they still knew that they didn't like Omas and it was this weird dynamic that I just hadn't seen it was different it was new it felt fresh to me and in this weird like murky wrestling landscape where you don't really know who's heel you don't really know who's babyface I thought these did it really well because it sort of twisted on a dime throughout the entire match because I think it's hard not to like the New Day because they're so fun and they're so exuberant and they've got so much charisma and 
AJ Styles, like you say, he it's hard to hate him, but he's packaged as a heel. And Omas is just so new and so giant that unless he's in the corner clapping, you're going to go, that guy's going to murder everyone. Therefore, he's a heel. So it's it was such a it was such a weird dynamic that I just I just really really liked it. It didn't feel goofy. It didn't feel weird. But oh, it did feel weird. It did feel goofy, but in the right way. It, it it landed really well for me, and we we ended up with new Raw Tag Team Champions AJ and Omar. So I don't know what they're going to do with him going forward. I'm sure at one point they're going to lose it, and it's going to be AJ's fault. And Omar is going to absolutely brutalize him and and murder him, and maybe maybe go on to fight somebody like Braun Strowman. But he's probably got a long way to come because he did look very green but he looked good because he's so good and uh, because he's so big and they they did a really good job presenting him well because he he looked unstoppable yeah and that was i think that was what i was worried about at the start i think i thought that they might potentially ruin the the what should be the the instantaneous threat of working with a giant do you know what i mean i thought that they were going to kill you know just just you know because wwe are good at pushing big people like they're they're good at pushing giants like you know they like their big guys and i thought well they can't fuck this up surely and i thought they i thought they might be but i was proved wrong um because when he got his tag and when he done his bit which i think he did for his like you say the fact he's green is goose shit and you know and he 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 was probably in WrestleMania, you know. I think he did his bit as perfectly as he could for the for the amount of time he's been doing the job. And obviously AJ AJ snuck in with a pin at the end, which I thought was quite cool as well, because I you know put, putting his foot on him and stuff like that. Um, that 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 was good. I just I was just I think I was just watching it. I was a little bit worried that that they were gonna just. Surely they can't, they can't make 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 a fool out of this eight foot guy. But in the end, they actually didn't. They it it, it worked out really well, and um, I I was yeah, I I thought it was a entertaining match that was uh, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it wasn't really a completely different formula to what we were used to. It's just that that it's just that it was it the 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 baby faces were doing what the heels should have been doing and the heels were doing what the baby faces should, should have been doing. Other than that, it was, you know, pretty much a, a perfectly formulated match. Um, it was just, yeah, it was just, it was, it was, it was, it was different. It was cool. Um, I'm glad I must have well in his debut. Um, AJ Styles is awesome. Whatever he does. Um, even though that was a cool match, you know, you always think like with AJ that he could steal any show he was on. Um, but that night he was there to do a job and he did his job perfectly. The New Day, a very talented team, um, and they did their job perfectly. I think everyone just 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 did their bit and the crowd were up for it by that point because they'd just seen a, an entertaining match um, beforehand. So the show was starting to rock and roll a little bit by then, and um, yeah, that was that was that was that was an entertaining match. I would have, I, I I think I think I'm going to give that one a, a, a I'm going to give that one four stars. I think because um, you can't really argue with the crowd and the reaction, um, no matter what what I think of it per- personally. And I thought it was very good. 
no matter what I think of it personally, you, you, the, the, they had a job to do, which was to get Omas over, and he was over by the end of it as a severe threat to anyone that goes near him because he is a fucking massive motherfucker. And that is, that's, that's, that's what they needed to do. And they did it perfectly. And you know me, I, I, I like, I like that payoff. I like that outcome. Um, you know, it was, it, it was worked out well, designed perfectly. And, and hopefully again, they don't drop the ball. And Omos is, is the new giant in the, WWE and and he he gets a hell of a lot better and becomes you know becomes a, a, a you know a, a serious contender and a serious threat but the the it, it all worked out perfectly in the end so yeah four stars for me yeah for me it was a fun four star match it felt different it felt exciting it felt a little bit like a WrestleMania match to me because it had spectacle it had intrigue it had some some decent wrestlers like Kofi and AJ they had a nice little bit of chain wrestling at the beginning I thought that was really nice because we knew what was going to come at the end because the whole match was structured towards building up to Omas and it was done perfectly they didn't if they'd have started the match off with Omas and he comes in and starts cleaning house and then they start getting heat on him that would have been the weirdest match ever but they designed it perfectly it was booked right the right thing happened it's going to put Omas on a good stead because you know he's going to go on and do his thing he's got AJ with him I can't I can't think of anyone more more suited to to guide Omas. Maybe another giant. Maybe the Big Show would have been a good person to 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 lead him in the right direction. But like AJ has got like decades of knowledge and, and knows the business and isn't he's he's not a person that will be very selfish. I think he'll, he'll give a lot of information to Omas and guide him in the right direction. So fun four star match. And then from one giant to another giant, we had the next match was a cage match between Shane O'Mac, Shane McMahon versus the monster among men, Braun Strowman. And I'll preface this in saying they did not book Braun Strowman as strongly as they booked Omas. What did you think, Jim? Um, I thought the story going into this was made Braun Strowman look like such a pussy. Do you know what I mean? They got had this bully storyline going on. Um, now I'm not obviously, you know, saying that bullying isn't a serious problem. Um, you know, and it's 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 something not to be taken lightly. And uh, you know, it's an issue throughout the world. Um, and I'm sure that there are many people going through some severe uh, severe problems with bullying. But when you've got a uh, a man who's around about six foot and is probably north of fifty, going up against someone who's nearly seven foot and uh, in his prime and built like a shit house door, and moaning that a six foot like you know a six foot fifty year old man is bullying him, um, it makes him seem weak. And this is in the professional wrestling the psychology aspect. Um, so, uh, yeah, I didn't like the storyline going into it. Um, the match, uh, itself, um, it started off all right, but even, even with the chair shots and stuff and the little bits going on in there, I don't think that Shane should have really got much heat there. He got a bit too much heat for my liking, even though it was quite a short match. 
he's still got quite a bit of heat. Um, the match was just set up for Shane to take a stupid bump, really, which he did. And it was a really stupid bump. Um, it, 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 I, I, I was, I just, you just sort of, I didn't like the storyline. I knew how the match was going to end up. And um, for me, that just equates to lazy storytelling and lazy booking within the match. Uh, Shane was going to do his coast to coast and he, he was going to get aimed off the uh, cage, whether it be through the announce table or whether it be through a table. But actually, he decided to make it even more dangerous and uh, do the flip bump off the top of the cage. And he double bumped it. He, he, which which means that um, for any wrestling fans out there, when you take a flip bump off of anything, whether it be a backdrop, hip toss, whatever, being thrown off a 20-foot gauge, you want to hit flat. You want to hear Doom! when you hit the ring. You don't want to hear Doom! because what that means is you've probably hit the base of your spine and the back of your head or the back of your head and then your rest of your body has followed. Um, if you watch that bump um, slowly on replay, you'll see that Shane McMahon hits the back of his head very, very hard on that ring. Um, and when Braun Strowman picks him up for the power slam, I'm pretty sure that Shane McMahon's more or less out of it anyway at the end. Um, it's just it's just a risk that he didn't need to take. I know it's WrestleMania, but when you've come to expect someone to do something stupid it's not that special anymore it was different with someone like Mick Foley because Mick Foley would do something different every time you know whether it be getting thrown off a cell whether it be getting pedigreed on thumbtacks whether it be getting you know choke slammed out on the you know the outside whether it be doing his big cactus elbow it'll be something different and there'll be variation there and there'll be psychology in it with Shane McMahon, it just seems like every show he's on, it's like, let's see what we can throw him off of. And, um, yeah, I just I just didn't like the storyline going into it, knew what was going to happen. And I really, really don't particularly want to see Shane McMahon die. Like, I've got no interest in, in seeing someone hurt themselves. That's not the art of wrestling for me. Um, it was just, yeah, the match again was short. It was about eight minutes. Um, so, uh, so yeah, what that match wasn't really for me. And, um, you know, Shane McMahon could have just as easily stayed at home with his wife or, or stayed backstage with his wife and his kids um, and not tried to kill himself for my entertainment because don't need to see it. I don't want to see someone hurt themselves, whoever they are. I didn't actually mind this match as much as there was wrong with it. I thought it was short enough to be entertained by it, but that doesn't mean it was a perfect match. I, like you, didn't really like the storyline going into it. I, I kind of get where they're coming from. They don't like bullies. They want to present themselves as a company, as as somebody who approaches bullying and says, this is bad. But for Shane McMahon to bully Braun Strowman is an odd thing for me, and it didn't really work. There was a bit of a juxtaposition there for me. But I quite like that Shane McMahon did present himself as 
the smarter guy because you're thinking, why would Shane McMahon book a cage match with Braun Strowman? It doesn't make sense. But then as soon as Braun Strowman's getting in the cage, um, Elias and his mate basically attacking with a chair. I thought that was decent. It gave them a reason for Shane McMahon to get a bit of heat. But then for Shane McMahon to put the chair down and then start doing these, you know, he does them little wafty kind of boxing jabs to Braun Strowman's chest and side and Braun Strowman sell them as if they're actually genuinely painful punches I was like no that's ridiculous if Braun Strowman would have stood up to every punch that Shane McMahon would have given him but then Shane goes oh my god I don't know what to do and then kicked him in the knee and then Braun winces a bit I was like yeah that would kind of make sense in a storyline wise but then Shane McMahon's pulling out like flip over DDTs and coast to coasts and all this kind of stuff I'm like it doesn't need that like we need a bit of a story, which was Braun Strowman is kind of handicapped from the beginning because he's got a hurt knee. Play on that. Great. Shane McMahon's trying to escape. Great. Braun Strowman keeps pulling him down. Braun Strowman is the stronger guy. Shane McMahon is the smarter and quicker guy. Then we get up to the top and we're like, okay, there's going to be a crazy bump. And yeah, I did notice that double bump from Shane McMahon. I didn't notice on the first time they did it because I think the camera sort of panned down as it went down. It looked like he landed flat, but then they did a slow motion where sort of it... I know you have to control the bump and it, it was all in Shane's hand and sort of Braun Strowman basically just put his hand on his shoulder and made it look like he, he threw him off the cage and it was all Shane's bump. But Shane did not rotate correctly and he landed, yeah, like you said, back of his head, top of his shoulders. And then as soon as that hit, probably the, the base of his spine and his coccyx hit the mat as well. And that did not look smooth. It did not look great. And it did look like it hurt. Um, quite a lot but my thought was I really like the bit where Braun Strowman pulled the cage apart made him look really really strong but they probably could have played upon the thing where Shane McMahon is the smarter guy by having Shane take a possibly safer bump by goading Braun Strowman into choke slamming him off the cage through a table and then Shane McMahon's lying there dead the bell rings Braun Strowman's like huh what's going on like I just destroyed Shane McMahon and then Shane McMahon kind of opens his eyes dead from the table and like just puts one finger up to his like temple is to be like I'm the smarter man like I won this match because you are dumb but I know they wanted to put Braun Strowman on and probably finish the the, the rivalry and I'm all up for that because yeah the story wasn't great but the finish didn't really kind of do it for me it's like Shane does a big bump Braun Strowman does a slam and then the match is kind of over with a sort of a, a weak story but I didn't think it was a bad match but and I wasn't bored, like it entertained me and it was short enough to be entertaining, but it didn't really deliver that much. So for me, I would say probably a decent three star match. What do you reckon, Jim? Uh, I'd give it two and a half. I think if they wanted to tell, for me, if, if they wanted to tell um, the story uh, a little bit better, I would have, I mean, again, save the bullying angle for, you know, have, have the roles reversed, you know. Maybe somewhere down the line, have Braun Strowman as a heel bullying Daniel Bryan. Do you know what I mean? Or something like that. Have it where it's more of a realistic um, uh, uh, tone to it so that people can get behind it. No one in the world would ever believe that Braun Strowman would be bullied by anybody. Um, so, you know, that, that storyline, um, even though it's an important storyline, an important story to be told, and don't call me stupid. Like, if someone called you stupid, who, who'd give a fuck? Do you know what I mean? I know we're living in a PG era and you can't call them a fucking cunt or anything, but, like, <laughs> it, 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 could be, it could be a little bit more... Uh, but uh, a little bit more, um, 
you know, sophisticated than calling him Shane McMahon, calling Braun Strowman stupid and and covering him in slime. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's a bit like Funhouse. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I thought Pat Sharp was going to show up on Noel Evans. Um, you know, it, it just, 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 just that was it was all a bit stu- stupid. But match wise, if if uh, yeah, the attack at the start that was the right way to do it. But if they had thrown the chairs to Shane, he'd have got you know a couple of three decent chair shots to the back on Strowman, and maybe on the third one, Strowman no sold it and just rammed him into every side of the cage possible, thrown him around. You know, it's not you you know in a safe in a, in a safe way as you possibly can in these kind of matches. You know, bashed him, bashed him, bashed him. Um, shame at man, maybe get uh, one thing, one big thing, uh, uh, you know, or, or do the toolbox to the head thing like they did. Um, shame at man tries to run away, toolbox to the head. Um, boom, that gives Shane time to try and run away and look, make him look like shit, shit in his pants. And yeah, then Braun Strowman drag him in, do a, a, a safer choke slam for a table, set up a table, set up something a little bit safer. Um, that would have pleased the crowd. But, you know, again, Braun Strowman should have got 90% of that match um, and he probably got about 60% of it. it, it I mean, yeah, it was, just, it was, it was for me, it was more the, the, the psychology of the match and the fact, it, it was good that it ran short um, and, uh, you know, it was, it, 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 like I say, I, I give it two and a half stars. I'm not saying it was, it was unwatchable. Um, but um, yeah, it just probably didn't have the gravitas going into it that that, that it should have done. And that, like I say, let's be honest: when Shane McMahon's in a match, we're all waiting for him to do something stupid now. And I don't think that I just I just I just I just don't want to see anyone get hurt. I really don't. I don't. You know, I like see I like seeing cool cool things and cool storylines and yeah we all know there are going to be some matches that are riskier than others um but there's there's sometimes when you're really hedging your bets and being thrown that high um onto a wrestling ring and you know WWE wrestling rings are the best in the world guys but there's there's still not still not a trampoline that would have I'm I would be surprised if Shane McMahon didn't have a pretty severe concussion after that match and really for what, um, you know, but like I say, like you said, you know, I pretty much agree with you. I pretty much agree with you. Um, but I think, I think Braun Strowman should have got 90% of that with Shane trying to run away and looking scared. Um, and maybe with a bit of a safer big bump, if you're going to do a big bump, try and do a safer one. And as well, it was, it was back to back big man matches. Like we'd just seen, AJ Styles and Omas, and they presented Omas as a giant. They packaged him beautifully. They made him look dominant. And then Braun Strowman looked smaller compared to Omas because we that was the last thing we, we just thought of. So Braun Strowman comparison to him makes him look smaller, less muscular. He's being bullied by a smaller man. It just it just made Strowman just not this kind of giant, hairy, muscular. Like he he looks great. Like he looks ripped, he looks giant, he looks muscular, but like why did they put two big men back to back? Like if I was gonna book it like retrospectively, maybe I would have had Omas and AJ 
kick off the pay-per-view because you have that like fun factor you have that intrigue with omas you have a kind of a cool result happen and then it gives the crowd time to forget about omas the giant seven foot dude and then when you get to the cage match you're like oh here's another giant dude rather than like oh just seen a giant man and that one didn't get bullied by uh, a man smaller than him he actually dominated two guys at the same time who are professional wrestlers because shane mcmahon is not a professional wrestler no and 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 let's put it this way put it to put it in a nutshell if you saw braun Strowman walking down the street would you go up to him and go Cool, look at you, you fucking stupid bearded fuckwit. Do you know what I mean? Like, would you have the balls? Would anyone in the world have the balls to do that to that man? No. So, you know, a bad, bad storyline um, with the wrong, um, is it protagonist? He was the protagonist, the ant- uh, and, and with the wrong antagonist. So, yeah, just, just, just to set up for a dangerous stunt, you know. Um, but but yeah, I think we said all we can say about that eight minutes of that. It it it, it, it was what it was. Um and uh I think we all sort of knew how it was gonna end up. I just, you know, like I said, probably just a little bit too much, a little bit too much from Shane McMahon giving to him in the match, you know. Like I say, he, he's I'm sure if you took Shane McMahon's shirt off, it'd be ripped to the absolute, you know, it'd be ripped to the bone. But um, he's still not a six foot eight monster who's built like a shithouse door, is he? Exactly. Moving on to the penultimate match of night one of WrestleMania 2021, we have the sort of exhibition match, I guess we could call this, which was The Miz and John Morrison in a tag team match versus Damian Priest and multi award winning. Recording art, I can't remember how they presented him, but basically Bad Bunny, who we saw at the Royal Rumble, and he's in a match. And it's one of those definite WrestleMania moments where you have a couple of established guys who don't mind kind of putting over a celebrity. And you have a celebrity who is green and gets in the ring and Bad Bunny absolutely killed it. He was great. This match was great. I loved it. I wanted to hate it. I wanted to be able to criticize every little bit about it, but I really can't. What do you think, Jim? It, it, it well, it was a match of the night, wasn't it? But yeah. the thing is, the the, the, the thing, the, the, the thing that's <laughs> it was match of the night. But there's still a little bit of me thinking because obviously that was rehearsed to fuck, right? It's oh, gonna be because Bad 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 Bunny um, isn't a professional wrestler. He's not got time to train for years and years to be able to go in there and call it on the fly and you know go on the road and do whatever. He's that match was was like like we said, just completely uh, just just completely uh, planned from start to finish. Not to say that it wasn't masterfully executed, um, but uh, sort of a few things to point out about that match is that, you know, the I don't think I've seen a celebrity come into wrestling um, and try as hard to, 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 to make it, to, to, to do as well and to not make the business look like a joke. Bad Bunny sold, like, he sold really well. We had a natural affinity for selling, and because he was quite small, you know, that 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 helped too. Um, he, uh, you know, he, he, he took it seriously, which is the main thing. Like, everyone took it seriously. It was no tongue-in-cheek with it. It was taken quite seriously. Not, I mean, I know the entrances were all a bit of a piss about and stuff, but... Like, you know, they went once the bell rang, 
the the match was taken seriously. The only problem with that is, and this is well, it's not. Hopefully, it's not going to be a problem for the Mediterranean school. Um, but it makes I think sometimes when celebrities come in and do really, really, really well like that, it makes wrestling look easy. Um, when it's not, like, it's really fucking hard. Like if 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 little bad Bunny can come in and and have a show stealing match, like you know, it's it's uh, it's it's quite it's quite hard. But there's a few reasons this match worked as well, uh, other than Bad Bunny doing his bit really well. One, the Miz was fucking awesome. Amazing, he, he was, was a heel. so good. He was a fucking he was a fucking heel who played to the crowd and fucking put everything in it, absolutely everything into making. Fucking Bad Bunny looked like the ultimate baby face, or the other team looked like the ultimate ba- baby face. He was so, so good in this match. It just goes to show what an amazing talent he is. Um, uh, John Morrison didn't really do much, but what he did, he did very, very well. Um, but make no bones about it, guys. The absolute glue that held this match together was the Miz. Like he, he, he totally totally just stole that match but that this is the thing about wrestling and this is what i've said before on on our other podcast where we've spoke more about the psychology of wrestling you know it's the miz who made that match amazing it wasn't bad bunny bad bunny did his bit very very well and you know damian priest did his bit very very well and so did john morrison they all did their bit very very well but the one who had the most invested in it and the one who had the most psychology and the one who played to the crowd um, and the one who had the most intensity was, was, was the Miz. So, you know, that's why that's, that's why this match was so good. Um, Everyone did their part amazingly well, but the Miz excelled, excelled at everything. Just goes to show what an absolute pro he is. And 10 years ago, you wouldn't have heard me say that about him, but 10 years ago, he was green. You know, when when it came to Bad Bunny's time in the ring, um, he was in there with The Miz mostly. And The Miz was, you know, uh, taking moves that made sense. Bad Bunny was doing moves that made sense for someone of his size. Uh, Miz was selling them beautifully. Um, the Canadian Destroyer on the outside was cool. And and that, I know, I, I know that... Um, Morrison took that, um, but you know it was uh, it was cool and the, and the package with the rap video and stuff that Miz uh, and Morrison did beforehand was all good. You know, uh, Damian Priest did his bit really well, although he didn't really do a great deal. Again, he did his bit really well. It reminded me of like a it reminded me of like a camp match, but with a celebrity in it. Do you know what I mean? And it it was the first time in WrestleMania really in that entire show the the crowd were worked and what a difference it made what a fucking difference it made everyone was going ballistic um and it made it more entertaining for the crowd at home they were actually working the crowd there was a obvious heel and baby face um and i don't know who bad bunny is um you know like but he's obviously huge in in you know in america um, so you know that 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 made me believe that he was a big deal. Um, you know they could have put some fucking soap star on from an American TV thing. I wouldn't have known who it was, but it was 
it was it was the best I've seen. There's two performances from celebrities that I've seen um, from uh, in the WWE that have really impressed me. One was the guy who played Arrow. We had that match on Raw, I think, and he did his bit really well. Like, he was good. That was a few years back now. I can't remember who he tagged with and what the gimmick was, but I think that might have involved the Miz as well. Um, and this Bad Bunny guy. But Bad Bunny um, excelled um, a little bit more for me because, A, it was at WrestleMania, so there's a lot of pressure. But then again, he's a multi-platinum selling artist, so he's going to be used to crowds and whatnot. But still, he's out of his element. Um, he's selling. I thought his selling was exceptional. He didn't cover his face. He showed the crowd what pain he was in. Um, I mean, he was in there for a majority of the match. It wasn't like Damian Priest was doing all the work and Bad Bunny came in for the hot tag at the end. Like Bad Bunny was in in that ring for seventy percent of that match, selling his ass off for those guys. Um, you can tell that you know. I could tell as a wrestler, and I'm sure you could. And when you know, uh, in a second, you'll probably you'll you'll, you'll probably agree. I could see when Miz was calling stuff, but that doesn't matter. He's against a total novice and reminding him of what they've been planning for the past month, you know? And, um, you know, same with John Morrison. He was, I saw him call a few things. And I think I even heard a few things that, that might have been shouted, but I don't, I don't, I don't, that's that's irrelevant. You've got to put things in the perspective, which is, which is the fact that you had a total non-wrestler in there um, trying his absolute hardest. And I'm, and I'm, it's, it's it's always it, it it's you could tell that that bad bunny guy was a proper fan because like I said a little while back he took it seriously and um, that's that's what he had to do and that's how the match had to be and like I say that just work in the crowd man just work in the crowd it's a bit like the the right at the beginning of the night where people are calling the promos off the fly it works. Work in the crowd, heels and faces, telling a story works. Why the fuck don't they do it anymore? Why don't they do it? Because when they do, it works and it's great. Um, and it reminds me of what a wrestling match should be like. And and you know, and it and it took a match with with a celebrity in it for them to go back to basics and have that kind of match to get some heat out of it. Um, it took it, it took it took that to to you know to 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 revert back to the wrestling that I sort of wrestling that I enjoy because you know I fucking loved it I thought it was great I was interested to to hear what you had to say about this I thought it'd go one of two ways and I thought as as a trainer as a teacher of professional wrestling I thought maybe you would have really liked it because I can imagine whoever trained Bad Bunny probably had such a big smile on their face just going, I did a good job. Whether it was The Miz, whether it was Morrison, whether it was Damien Priest, I don't know who it was, Fit Finley, Booker T, could have been any one of those guys, but they had to be so proud of Bad Bunny that night because he didn't forget any of his spots. And yeah, like you said, The Miz was calling spots. There was one bit in the corner where, where The Miz literally just went, boot and i was like oh, i just caught it and yeah. then he runs in bad buddy gets in with a boot but you know you you can probably attest to this you've probably been in the ring with more trainees than than most people and you know that if you look them in the eyes and you discussed it five times in the back you get in the ring and you have them uh, saying a choke and you literally say to them 
move out of the way you go to the other corner and you charge in they don't move like how many times has that ha- probably happened to you just the fact that bad bunny put his boot up i was like he's listening and re- some wrestlers just can't do that and he's doing it on the biggest grandest stage of them all in front of the most eyes in the world and he's absolutely killing it i, c- I couldn't believe how well he did and i couldn't agree more with what you said about the miz i thought the miz was fan fantastic like the Miz took a lot of the stuff it was almost like the Miz was wrestling himself and you know there's that old adage of like oh Ric Flair was so good he could wrestle a broom and get a good match out of it the Miz wrestled Bad Bunny who is a rapper and he got a great match out of it the Miz sold well Bad Bunny sold well Priest and Morrison did exactly what they needed to do it was almost like a singles match between Bad Bunny and the Miz but it was interesting because it was a tag match and there was room to to let it breathe and let Damien Priest come in and get the hot tag. There was a reason for Bad Bunny not to just get beaten up by another wrestler. And it was so good. And he, he sold well and he didn't look like overly gassed. And he had to have been working on this because he made an appearance at the Royal Rumble and he did that big dive off the top. And I think we even reviewed it and went, oh, that was a bit, that was a bit wafty, but he's a celebrity, we'll give him it. And then he's gone from there to to doing like tornado DDTs and swinging head scissors and, you know, uh, cross bodies off of Damien Priest's um, shoulders and stuff like that and making it look really quite good. And then you compare that to the matches we've seen earlier, especially that, that tag team turmoil match where you've got professional women's wrestlers and whether they're women, men, or whatever they identify as, but they did bad wrestling. Bad Bunny did good wrestling. And like you said, the way they presented him as this multi-award-winning artist, and if he's as big as WWE say is, if he's, you know, the UK version of, I'm going to say something really weird now, Ronan Keating, (laughs) if he's as good as that, they've got footage they can use for years to come because they love using celebrity footage. You know, how many times have you seen Mike Tyson, you know, punch DX? How many times have you seen Mickey Rourke punch Chris Jericho or um, Mr. T? They still still show fucking Little Richard singing the theme tune from, uh, singing the... uh... National anthem, sorry, from uh, like WrestleMania two or whatever. Exactly, Mr. T. They showed that. Yeah, and, any celebrities or Liberace doing yeah. the can can from WrestleMania one. They yeah, so they show all that old shit. Yeah, in in five years time, in ten years time, and this will be the benchmark for any other celebrity. I feel sorry for anybody that gets roped into working with WWE now because if they don't do as well or better than Bad Bunny, then there's no point being any other celebrities around. I'm just going to say it there because he was great, and this sort of stuff has to make WWE draw because they're going to show that on you know TV stations and news stations and all their little you know late night television programs where Bad Bunny's going to go and he's going to rock up and he's going to have a, a replica WWE championship and they're going to go oh how was Wrestlemania and he's going to talk about it they're going to show clips he's going to look like a million dollars the WWE is going to look even better because you know they presented him so well he had this awesome match and I I, yeah I I couldn't love it more and the, the Miz if if he got paid a lot of money for this match I think he didn't get paid enough because he 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 absolutely nailed it well the 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 thing the thing is right like just it's it's totally different but sort of similar i remember years back now when the um kingsland academy approached me to train a couple of teachers up so that they could do a wrestling match for the school and i said i'll do it but it needs to be a tag team match because we need two professionals in there in case something goes wrong and they said yeah that's fine that's not a problem 
So I taught the teachers, these two teachers from the Kingston Academy, both, you know, not, not naturals by any stretch of the imagination in terms of wrestling, but one was a fan at least, and the other one did MMA. So they sort of got it. And um, we did exactly that for six weeks. I only had them for, for once a week for a couple of hours. I went in there and rehearsed it. Me, me it was me and Rob. Um, Rob was the uh, the the uh, my opponent, and uh, with with a, one teacher, and I was with another teacher, and 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 we I formulated it in in one way. I thought, right, this is the match I want. Okay, this is the match we're going to get the most out of if it goes perfect. Okay, and this is what's going to happen if something fucks up, okay? And then me and Rob can take over. And I think that that was where Miss, sorry, Morrison and um, Damian Priest were involved, where if something fucks up and something goes wrong, just tag out and we'll take over for a bit so you can compose yourself and then whatever. But obviously they didn't need that in this particular match because this Bad Bunny was, was killing it and the Miz was leading them all the way. So, you know, it, it's it's when you I, I have been in a few examples where, um, you know, I've had to, you know, have a wrestling match with 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 someone who is never, ever going to do it again. It's either a charity thing or like that, for example, was a, a school, a school thing. And, you know, it, 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 there, I have had those those examples or, you know, we, we it's like a boxer versus wrestler and, you know, you've got to teach a boxer how to do a little bit. So. Those things are totally planned out. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's very, very rare they go that well. I mean, fuck, something normally goes wrong. But, but yeah, just nothing nothing went wrong. And like I say, that I, I think that that was why probably Morrison and, and Priest didn't do a great deal because they were there as buffers in case things went wrong. But nothing went wrong. And, and obviously the WWE knew that the money was with this bad bunny guy. So they probably ideally wanted him to be in the match rather rather than him just coming and you know steal steal a roll up at the end. They wanted him in the ring for a decent amount of time. So, you know, it, they it was probably discussed that if you if you can get 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 Bad Bunny over and, and get him to do a decent portion of this match, then you know, fucking please do. But here's Morrison and Priest just in case tits, things go tits up, you know. And um, but but it just didn't happen. It just just ended up being a really good heel babyface tag team match. Nothing hugely complicated, but still complicated for someone who hasn't done wrestling before. Um, Canadian Destroyer at the end, which is obviously all on the person taking it. But you know that was something that they that that was something really clever as well. Because see, this is the thing, right? I I hate the move the Canadian Destroyer because it's overused. But when it's used in, in the right way, because nothing that sort of, nothing that daring or cool was done in that match. And it was something that none of us expected to see. None of us expected to see it. Um, but it happened. And when it happened, it blew the roof off the place. That's when you do moves like that. That's why you do moves like that. Because it's, it's, it's out of the, it's just, totally out the blue and it fits within the story of the match sort of but, but it's also it's also something that is you know totally 
like peaks the match and you know it's the move that people remember i'll remember that canadian destroyer i won't remember any of the others i see on AEW or the millions i've seen on tna or anything like that you know i'll remember that because i didn't fucking expect to see that and that's what that's what wrestling's about is that that match is totally about the wrestlers being in charge not the crowd storytelling at its finest you know and with with pros firing on all cylinders to make a, a guy who isn't a professional wrestler look absolutely amazing. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to give it a five-star match because, you know, five stars is, 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 is extremely, uh, extremely, extremely rare, but I'm definitely going to give it a four. I'm giving, I'm going to give it a four and a half because, you know, I mean, it, it was the match of the night and, and uh, you know, you couldn't expect, you couldn't expect any more. Um, you know, it's just the re- the only reason I can't give it a five star is because it's just you know a five star match has to be so well structured and so well put together. It's like a five star film. You know, they don't come across very often. Not for me, anyway. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you said there. Perfect analysis by you there, Jimmy. And I agree. It can't be given a five-star match, but I'll give it a five-star exhibition match. Like, it was an exhibition match that featured a celebrity, and it was the best exhibition tag team celebrity match I've ever seen. And I think it would be the best one for a while, unless somebody comes along and absolutely kills it more than Bad Bunny did. Like, it's it's a four-and-a-half-star match because it was entertaining, it was thrilling, it was it was funny in points, it was, it was mesmerizing, there was heat, there was action... It was it was exciting, but it still had that sort of odd element of like, okay, I'm I'm sort of suspending my disbelief here a little bit because it is Bad Bunny, it's a celebrity, is a is a guy that's smaller and he's going up against the Miz and Morrison, who are an established tag team and they're former world champions and stuff like that. But you managed to kind of detach yourself from that a little bit, and that made it sort of a, a good, really good five star exhibition match, four and a half star match just just due to entertainment loan and um yeah i absolutely loved it and then we had the final match of the night which was the main event for night one of wrestlemania which was the smackdown women's championship which was sasha banks as the champion versus the women's royal rumble winner bianca belair which i thought was a worthy main event i don't think it was out of place i thought they worked really really well and especially considering what happened before with that crazy tag team match i really enjoyed the match i thought both workers worked really hard and it was just such a stark contrast to the the quality of the tag team turmoil match compared to this last match um i thought they worked really hard i thought they didn't overdo it like they could have gone a little bit of an extra mile but they didn't they they, they pulled back a little bit i don't know whether it was a, as, as a timing issue or whether they were told to go home a little bit earlier but they did a few things I hadn't seen before. I popped for a few cool reversals and stuff, and I just really, really enjoyed it. What do you think, Jim? Uh, yeah, I thought it was probably one of the best uh, women's matches um, I've seen and probably one of the best matches on the card. Um, I think I, I, I thought that Bianca Belair did superb because she's still relatively green. Um, and you know, but she is extremely talented. Um, Sasha Banks is obviously, you know, she she's she's very good. Um, I still maintain the fact that I always worry when I watch a wrestle because 
she's so small, I always think she's going to really hurt herself. Um, but the, the it's difficult because I grew up in an era where, you know, you had Hogan and Andre and Hogan and Savage and, you know, fucking Warrior and Hogan and, you know, getting a little bit later to Austin and Rock and all those sorts of things. Um, you know, so a main event at WrestleMania to me isn't necessarily a man's position, but it's got to have the it's got to have that kind of hype um going into it, and it's got to have that kind of star power going into it. Um, do, do those ladies have that star power? Don't really know. But then again, does anyone in the WWE at this particular time? Are they the two biggest stars that you want representing your first night at WrestleMania? I don't know. Um, you know, that's for the crowd to decide. For me personally, you know, main event in WrestleMania, whether it's night one or night two, um, this is a, this is to, to the biggest the biggest spotlight you can be given in the professional wrestling world. Um, with two very talented ladies. Um, and I've just thought to myself when I was watching it, this is a very good match, technically. It's got a nice story going into it. Very good underdog versus veteran kind of story. Um, you know, like you say, some cool little reversals, some cool different spots. Um Bianca Belair, I don't know how she could ever, ever be a heel because she's got such a sweet, kind face, you know, and her selling is pretty good as well. I think she's going to be like the Ricky Steamboat of the female uh, wrestling world. You know, I, I just can't see how anyone could ever turn a heel, but we'll see over time. Um, but, yeah, it's such a prized position in the wrestling world that you need such gravitas and such um uh so, so so much at stake for it to be worthy of that spot and i don't think that match had that not because they were female but because of the i don't know maybe because of the lack of star power in the company um yeah it was a cool match it was a feel-good moment for bianca belair she was obviously fucking absolutely stoked. Um, I think it was probably the right result as Drew lost earlier on. But I I would have preferred to have seen the, the first match last and the last match first. Um, you know, just, just and, and, you know, maybe the results um, switched. Because, you know, Bianca Belair is being, I think Bianca Belair is going to have the same fate as Roman Reigns did um, if, if, she gets, keeps, if she gets pushed down people's throats. Um, you know, she hasn't been around for particularly long. Um, she hasn't really got much of, a, much of a history in the company. And now all of a sudden she's main event in WrestleMania and she's the she's the the, the women's champion. Um, so I don't know. It all depends where they how where they go with with this storyline. But I just 
yeah, I mean, even even the main event with Ronda Rousey in it, you know, um, where it's the first time that females ever main evented WrestleMania, at least that had Ronda Rousey in it. Do you know what I mean? The one of the most famous MMA fighters of all time, regardless of gender. This, you know, this had this had a couple of very talented wrestlers in it, um, but it didn't have the weight for a fucking mania a wrestlemania main event not not for me and that isn't that isn't a tarnish on the the wrestlers or the match um it's probably more of the of of the storytelling ability of wrestlemania of sorry of the of the wwe at the moment and the fact that they had to cover two nights too i suppose um and uh you know there's only so many wrestlers and and the, the, there's not a great deal of there's not a great deal of people I can look at in the WWE now and think to myself these guys are going to be legends and going to be remembered forever you know um, and so I suppose yeah the star power is, is 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 one of those you know a problem I'm rambling anyway you know I, I've seen all the Wrestlemanias over the years and um, star power wise that was probably the weakest of all main events, um, you know, not the weakest match by far, very good match, but just the weakest in star power. The whole card was really, um, the whole fucking WrestleMania is when you watch it, when you finish watching it, when we do night two, um, it's, it is, it's, it's the weakest in star power. So, um, yeah, I don't know whether that gives any sort of clear thoughts on what I think of the match. Um, the match was, the match was very good. I think it gives a clear thought of your sort of thoughts on WWE as a, as a whole. They don't really have those upper echelon guys. They don't have a, a John Cena. I mean, they've got an edge on night two and a Daniel Bryan on night two. But like night one, if you had to pick the top tier wrestler at that point, I don't know. Who would you have picked? Like for me, you would probably go for somebody like, I don't know. AJ Styles but then again he I would put him as like headline Wrestlemania you know if you were to go like I want the level of Stone Cold versus The Rock I want the level of Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair I want the level of Triple H versus The Undertaker there's nobody on night one or night two that could even hold a candle to any of those guys I think no you're right but I I I, I think that there's people in the company at this moment who Probably, I, I, like I said earlier on, I would have put the first match on last and I would have put the last match on first and I would have switched the results. I would have had Sasha Banks retain the title and I would have had uh, Drew win for the for the big happy pop because at least, at least with Drew and... Um, and uh, why, why can't I fucking remember any names? Drew and... Who did he wrestle? Bobby Lashley, yeah. At least, at least they look like guys that should be headlining WrestleMania, and I know that that sounds terrible, but they look like guys who and and if they'd have been given a bit more time, they'd have been on last, they'd have been allowed to do a few more things, a few maybe a few bigger spots. Um, you know, the crowd would have been a lot more warmed up. Um, you know, their story going into it was better. Um, you know that 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 sort of you know, if you think about it, Drew for the past year has been, you know, the WWE um, sort of flag bearer during this really, really tough time. 
And I think the crowd would have probably appreciated it if he'd have got his moment in the sun um, at the main event of a WrestleMania that a crowd was going to be at. Um, so I, I just think their their feud, um, their look, and their and their match um, would have probably been um, not necessarily not the match might not necessarily been better, but the the gravitas behind it. And the reward for for um, Drew winning it would have been more of a WrestleMania moment than Bianca Belair, who's a rookie, winning um, winning the SmackDown Women's title off of Sasha Banks. That's what I think. I think it depends how they package him going forward. Like if Bobby Lashley loses his title to Drew McIntyre at the next main event then it'll feel like a wasted opportunity. If Bianca Belair goes on and then loses her title really quickly, it'll feel like a wasted opportunity. But I think like this could be like one of those things that maybe we look back on in a year. And if Bianca Belair has been the champion since and has defended it against all the top echelon you know, wrestlers out there, then we might be able to look back and go, oh, maybe that was the right decision. But I think it all depends what happens next. And I think if you were to show me the running card for WrestleMania night one and you would have said, is that the right way to do it? I probably would have said no as well. And I think, like you said, they should have swapped the two main events around and then swapped the the results. But I'm guessing they wanted the the big kind of happy send off with Bianca Bella you know it's her childhood dream she's really emotional her family's in attendance she won the Royal Rumble she went on to Wrestlemania because that's 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 the story there isn't that's that's what everybody wants everyone wants to go on to Wrestlemania headline and win it so that's the story there so I understand that and I think that was the right way to end it if they'd ended it on Drew McIntyre passing out to the hurt lock that would have been a sort of a disastrous finish for for night one so they would have had to have swapped the matches and swapped the results as well i do i do agree with that but i don't necessarily agree wholeheartedly with what you say but i do agree in a sense that it didn't feel like a massive star power attraction you couldn't go on the street and go oh sasha banks is wrestling in in wrestlemania in the main event they go who uh, okay, uh, all right, yeah, uh, Bianca Belair, she's she's in the main event. You go, who? Like, you know, to every man on the street. But like, if you got in there, you know, like we we spoke spoke about the, the Triple H's, the Stone Colds, the Undertakers, the Mankinds, the Rocks, those types of people. You go and get the the every man on the street to to come and watch WrestleMania. So I do agree there, but I still could go out in the street and say Drew McIntyre's wrestling WrestleMania. They go, who? I say you, Bobby Lashley. Who? So I think it, it's it's kind of harsh to criticize. Sasha and and Bianca for not having that star power and I don't think that Drew and Bobby really have that star power either I think that's just a bad decision well not a bad decision it's they're trying to give people enough entertainment over two two nights make it feel like a massive spectacle but everything is slightly watered down because I can imagine I haven't seen night two yet but I, I could pick let's say three to four matches on night one that were great and hopefully I'll be able to pick at least two or three on night two, put them together in one card and you might have one night of really awesome WrestleMania action, whether it starts off with AJ and Omos and then you go to, I don't know, you go to uh, Bianca and, and Sasha and have that as a really 
big peak up moment. Then you drop down a little bit, say with, obviously it's hard for me to say with who wins and who loses in night two, but I can imagine there's, it would have a nice ebb and flow to it. One night of WrestleMania with all your top guys in it, rather than splitting it over two nights, having eight hours of action and then featuring people that maybe didn't deserve to be there, such as like the tag team turmoil match and, and Braun and Shane maybe didn't need to, to have a match, but then you could have Bad Bunny's match as the, the match before the main event of the whole thing and it would it would set the crowd off and that might be the better way to do it. But I understand that WrestleMania and, and WWE have sponsors to uphold. They have content that they want to produce and they want to be that company that that shows that they can do and have all this talent and do two nights of an extravaganza and have fans back in, which was, which was amazing to see fans in and just have two nights of good action rather than one night of excellent action. But I thought the match was pretty good. I loved how they displayed Bianca Belair's power and presence. There was a, there was a move. Um, Sasha Banks did a suicide dive through. I cringed because I thought Sasha was going to die. Bianca catches her, picks her up, gorilla presses her over her head, walks up the stairs and throws her into the ring. I thought that was amazing. There's a few other um, bits and bobs. I thought Sasha had a similar role to what the Miz had with Bad Bunny. She was there to get a bit of heat, have a bit of swag and, and charisma and, you know, that, that bit of heel edge to her, but make Bianca look like a star. That was the objective of the match. It was to make Bianca look like a star who's strong and athletic and charismatic. I like how they played with the hair. That was really, really good. There was no crazy near falls. It wasn't overbooked. It was simple. It was solid. But one thing I really didn't like is, I, I don't know whether it was the stream that I watched, it seemed like Bianca Belair won the title she grabs the belt. You see her family basically jump over the barrier and then the show ended. And I was like, uh, where's the celebration? Where's the fireworks? Where's the pageantry? I want to celebrate with her. This is a big moment. It was like, thanks for watching. WrestleMania, we'll see you tomorrow. All right, great. Yeah, <laughs> it did just finish. It did. And I don't know whether, because it's on Peacock now in America, whether whether they, they're back to having sort of timing restraints or whether... But yeah, that, that 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 is exactly how it happened on the network as well. I thought that I was like, oh fuck, it's finished. Do you know what I mean? There was no sort of like, yeah, there was no sort of five minute celebration at the end where you know she she hugged and kissed her family and massive fireworks and you know whatever. Uh, however, however, it, it it did seem very anticlimactic. You know, celebrating with her. Um, yeah, I, I, it, you're right. That that's how it ended on the network as well. But again, we, we the network doesn't really exist in America anymore, so I don't know. If, again, they might just be down to the, these time restraints. I just hope. I hope you're right. I think you you made a, an excellent point there, where you know WrestleMania 37 would have been a great WrestleMania if they would have if we could have picked certain matches from both nights. And you'll see that when you watch when you watch the the second night before we review it next week. If I'd have made that one four, four and a half hour show, it would have been a really good WrestleMania. Um, but, you know, two nights of wrestling. And before that, there was two nights of a takeover. Then there was a Hall of Fame. You know, you're turning, you're turning it into a week-long fucking just, you know, no, week-long WrestleFest. You, no one can watch that much wrestling and, and, and you know, enjoy it. And I suppose you, you might be right, you know, Variety is 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 the spice of life, and you know whether you consider night two the bigger night and the main event there the bigger main event. I don't know. I don't know what they were going for, but 
I just know that um, I just I just know that 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 it it didn't feel to me it, it was a great match. It was a great match um, from any gender, but it was um, it just didn't feel to me um, again like they uh, like like it it had enough going into it to be a main event. But that, that again that that's just. Yeah, that, that's just my opinion. I, when you look on the internet and stuff, it, it, it's got it's got rave reviews and stuff. But I just again the the book the book ahead on me sort of feels like sometimes that I don't know the, the book ahead on me feels like sometimes that the 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 I don't know so the, the WWE kind of well not kind of knows off despite their face because they're always going to be the biggest wrestling promotion in, in the world no matter what, but if it if it feels like that they've got so many avenues to cover, so many, like you say, so many sponsors to please, so many, you know, so so, so I don't know, so much political correctness to 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 be aware of, so many people not to upset that, you know, even down to the words that the that the commentators use, and I don't just mean like swearing and stuff. I mean just the actual the actual language, the dialect that they're speaking. It's almost it's almost unintelligible sometimes, and it and it almost doesn't sound like it has anything to do with a match. It, it, it is everything so carefully crafted to include everyone and everything, which is which which is which is great, but you know, great in some ways, and it, obviously it, it, it but. You know, but but what you're what you're presenting, what you're presenting to the the wrestling fan and 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 you know and to people who've who've watched wrestling for a long time, you just can't be disputed. Wrestling now is not as good as it was, you know, fifteen, ten, you know, years ago. And um, and that's because and 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 that's because of the reasons I just stated. It's 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 just so watered down um, and so politically correct. And and I'm not I'm I'm, I'm not trying to come off as a as a fucking as a chauvinist or a bigot or anything like that. I believe in equality. I believe in all this stuff. But you know, some sometimes it 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 comes across so obvious that it it it, it makes things almost impossible to enjoy. And sort of WrestleMania this year gave me that gave me gave me that feeling. It was like it was like they were trying to cover every angle and aspect of 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 every you know before actually thinking about the. The, the show whereas whereas wrestling years ago was about the show and putting on a kick-ass show and you know the problem is people are going to be upset no matter how watered down they are that they're always going to be you know there's always going to be people who are going to be offended by things like you know they won't let um you know they won't let people say certain words anymore or they won't let people do certain things but Daniel Bryan can stomp on people's faces whilst holding their arms. You know what I mean? And you know, his kids can practice that at school, and that that's all all right. Like this, it's it's just I don't know. I'm going on a bit of a rant here, I suppose. But my, I just want to encaps, encapsulate this rant by saying that WWE are trying to please everyone all the time, and it's just given us such a watered down product 
that that I, I just don't think they probably can make stars anymore or, or do anything particularly relevant or do anything even slightly edgy, even slightly edgy. Um, and it's uh, it, it's a shame. And that was where I thought AEW might come into it and give us a bit of a different product and be a different niche, but that they, they've turned out just to be a, a, a large-scale indie independent wrestling federation with, with, with stupid storylines that they get to make up themselves. Um, it's, uh, you know, there were some great bits on this WrestleMania, but there are also some really odd, weird, sort of awful, awful bits as well. And, um, yeah, I think you can't please all of the people all of the time, but you can alienate a big section of your fan base when you have a big section of your people that want to watch a WrestleMania and you give them something that's not really what fans would consider like a WrestleMania. We're always going to sort of sit back and go, it would have been so much easier if you'd have done it one night, if you'd have made it one big spectacle. And yes, some people have to miss out. You know, we don't always need to have every wrestler on the show. And with that, you're you're watering down everybody else's place on the card. By uh, I, I consider myself sort of, I guess, considered sort of woke in a sense. I, I like to, you know, be, be nice to people and, and include everybody. But like there's this whole thing of, you know, everybody gets a participation trophy. But then again, the participation trophies make first place, second place and third place meaningless. So if you've got people in there that are wrestling and, and, and taking up parts of the show that could have been distributed elsewhere, like we spoke earlier in the tag team turmoil match. Yeah, I want to see more women's wrestling. I want to see people succeed and do well in the business and have good characters and have good matches and just be loved and, and, and adored. But them having a 20 minute match took away from so many other people on the card that it did everybody else a detriment because either they went over or somebody went over. And then Bianca Belair, having the best moment of her life, didn't have it celebrated on TV. She didn't have the pageantry and the fireworks and the pomp and circumstance and the, and the tears and the laughter and the, the smiles and the crying because they had to include everybody else. And Cesaro and Seth Rollins didn't, have, didn't get to have their showcase steamboat, you know, flare match because they were rushed and they had to put everything in because maybe, I don't know, like somebody else had to have an extra piece of the pie, whereas you could have cut that part out distribute it evenly between everybody and had a really solid WrestleMania instead of a sort of like, eh, it was an all right, it was an all right night one. We'll, we'll go with that. And so I guess to sort of sum things up, WrestleMania night one, although I did enjoy probably 60% of it, it could have been so much better if they'd have gone with the less is more approach and kicked off with an AJ and Omos and kicked off in that intrigue style with the New Day. They can get the crowd hyped and, and AJ Styles is such a good wrestler and Omos was this, this attraction. Really get the crowd working, you know, and go from there. Have an awesome second match with Cesaro and um, Seth Rollins. And then you have the big spectacle of a big old cage match. Then maybe you have Drew and Lashley with the, you know, that they'll battle it out. Then you have a bit of fun with Bad Bunny and, and The Miz and Morrison and Damian Priest. And then you have the main event that goes for half an hour with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair putting it all on the line. And then they have five, ten minutes at the end just celebrating, just really giving the people what they want and just showing her as yeah, a star all, and a champion. All the team coming yeah, out, putting her on a exactly. shoulder, all that sort of shit. Making her look like a yeah. star. Because they didn't. They cut her off. <laughs> How can you look like a star when you give her the belt and then stop the show? 
I don't agree with, you know, I consider myself pretty liberal. You know, I, I hate any kind of racism. I hate any kind of sexism. I, I, I hate any kind of, you know, any, any kind of persecution towards anyone um, in, uh, in a personal way, like you say, in terms of how you speak to people, how you deal with people. It's, nothing should be based on race, age, and, and, and gender. But there are certain things that people can do better than, 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 than others. And unfortunately, that's the way it's always going to be. Now, you know, you, you, by, I'm not saying by putting a female match on last as, as a WrestleMania main event um, is, is, is the wrong thing to do. But I do think that match that night, um, you know, and did not have the steam that the first match had going into it um, and could have been swapped around um, and the results could have been, could have been, could have been different. You'd obviously needed um, Sasha to go over first and then you'd need Drew to have won. But when you look at it, who's worked the hardest over the past year, who's carried the company when there's been no audience, who's fucking worked their absolute bollocks off in cell matches, in fucking, you know, in no DQ matches, in elimination chamber matches, and, you know, been against, you know, Brock Lesnar, beat Brock Lesnar, but, you know, who's, who's, who's psych- psychology-wise and, and work rate-wise just absolutely, you know, carried the company on their shoulders when it's been one of the most difficult years for professional wrestling. And that, to me, is Drew McIntyre, and he deserved that main event. Simple as that, really. Couldn't agree more. Shall we round things up with a sort of an overall star rating of WrestleMania Night 1? Yeah, well, so I'll start. I'll start. Star rate that match first. I'm going to give that a four star. A four star. Sorry, Sasha Banks against Bianca Belair. I'm going to give that a four star match. Very good match. Very entertaining. Right person won. Um, yeah, it, it was. It, it was a good match. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I will give that four stars. Also, I really liked it. They worked really hard. Bright result. Pretty much echoing what you said. And then as a whole, WrestleMania Night 1, I would give a three and a half stars because it had a lot better going for it than it did not going for it. And Bad Bunny and The Miz just, oh, just so good. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I will give I'm, I think I'm going to agree with you with three and a half stars. Now, I'm going to give you this little, this little, you, you a little teaser because probably most of the fans out there are going to watch WrestleMania Night 2. Um, before uh, they've seen WrestleMania, uh, uh, you know, as they've watched WrestleMania Night 1 also. Um, WrestleMania Night 2 um, isn't awful, isn't bad, isn't bad. It's okay, but it's not as good as Night 1. We got the best with Night 1. Okay, all right. Well, um I guess you guys out there still listening to the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. Got to tune in next week for the review of WrestleMania Night 2 with Jimmy Starr and PVC. Oh, I wonder what we'll talk about. <laughs> probably wrestling. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. And I'll shit over everything again and make myself seem like an arsehole. But, guys, listen, I promise you, I, I, it's never about the wreck. For me, it's very, very rarely about the wrestlers. It's, um, it's, it's normally the booking and psychology um you know and just 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 uh we i think i think the difference between and just end on this 
you know, the difference between our reviews and a lot of reviews that you might read online or you might you might see on YouTube or wherever you go to look at your reviews, they look at match quality from a fan's perspective and also from just a match perspective, very rarely based on um, the what you know the the storyline going into it, what might come out of it, and uh, you know the psychology of the actual match. What you've got here is 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 two experienced wrestlers um, who have you know have been in all kinds of matches, in all kinds of scenarios, in all kinds of places, and um, you know so so we um, and especially me tend to look at it from a more inside perspective. Now neither of us have reached the dizzy heights of the WWE. But we've been wrestling for a long time, and and we've we've obviously got our own views and differing opinions. So I think the insight that you get to our show reviews is uh, is is more of an actual insider wrestler um, slash promoter um, and coach, you know, perspective um, rather than a fan perspective. And there's no right or wrong. But, you know, it's uh, that's, you know, we, we talk about card positionings, match positionings, um, you know, psychologies of stories, where they might go, where they might not go. And, um, you know, hopefully that's a little bit more interesting and um, gives you a little bit more insight into the actual inner workings of, 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 a, of a show, um, because it's not just about the moves they do in the match. Um, or even even if it's a great match with great psychology, where are we going to go from there? What are we going to see next? You know, it's it, it's there's so much that goes into a show, um, and I know we've we've uh, me especially me have rabbited on for a long time uh, for this podcast, so we, we we might as well sort of uh, go home now. But I hope you see the difference between our reviews and and you know some other other reviews out there. We've actually had the experience been in the ring and been in the trenches. So we know what it's like. And, um, you know, full respect to all these guys who performed on, on this, on this uh, show, you know, it's, uh, and, and again, awesome to see fans back because without fans, there ain't a show. And we've seen that watched that over the past year and how hard it has, the, it has been for the wrestlers and how the product has suffered. So brilliant to see some fans back. And um, soon, for Fallen Star Wrestling, we'll have our very very own fans back, and hopefully they'll be uh, as uh, as welcoming as the WWE fans were. And we honestly can't wait to have you guys back, and we hope you feel the same way too. All right, that was night one of WWE WrestleMania. If you enjoyed our breakdown and analysis of the show, make sure you come back for night two next week. Make sure you get notified when new episodes come out. You can find Falling Star Wrestling on Facebook. It's at Falling Star Wrestling. You can find Jimmy there too, at Jimmy Star Wrestler. And I'll be somewhere there too, at PVC Pro Wrestler. If you like what you hear from the podcast, make sure you subscribe to whichever feed you listen to your podcasts on. And if you're feeling kind, you can leave us a review there too. That's it until next time. Have a great week. We will see you next time for another edition of the Falling Star Wrestling Podcast. Bye-bye.